Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. This is the Legion part of the Signal of Doom Empire. And my, I'm Dave and my co-host, Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Last night, uh, recorded with Tash. Uh, we did the regular Signal. Um, was a long one for Tash and me. Went to just about three hours. I had a sore throat by the end. Um... I was in a I was in a dark mood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I I was seeing life in a dark way and enjoying it. And Tash was a delight as always. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this is the third episode of Legion Outpost. Um, and Adam, you're very much the Legion of Superheroes expert on this on this show. I'm the casual light reader. Um, and this time we chose a couple of are they Silver Age? I guess they are Silver Age. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a... stories, um, and then we chose the first six issues of Bendis's um, current run of Legion of Superheroes. Uh, you chose that, so I just want to make sure that's known up front, you know, just sure. well, depending on how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do want to mention to and welcome to all the new listeners. I know we've had quite a few new listeners come in for Legion Outpost, and welcome to the regular Signal listeners. Um, my idea was... We are always going to do classic Legion because I, I personally think that's more more interesting and there's just so much of it. But mm-hmm. because we're doing a Legion-centric show, we will keep up with the current title, which is easy because it's only one title. Um, so we've this show we're doing the first trade, which is six issues of Bendis, and then we'll next show cover the rest of the issues of however many Bendis has put out to bring us completely up to date. And then when we do this... If any new issue comes out between the shows, we'll cover that new issue. So we will stay current, but our you know our main you know focus is on the classic years because there's so many classic years. Would you agree, Adam? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's it. So um, I just want to put that out there. So yeah, we kind of bit the bullet. Um, I'm Bendis, sort of shy now. I I used to be a huge Bendis fan, but it was like a long time ago, and I just feel that like for so many years. He's put out very mediocre books. I actually felt this was slightly better than normal for Bendis, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm pretty new to him in the grand scheme of things. You know, I've read things over the years, but I only recently read his Avengers and his X-Men stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's enough. better than a lot of his more recent output, I'd say. Yeah, Naomi, if you ever want a really bad comic, go check that one out. Jesus. <laughs> we did that on the show and I was like, where's the gun? Put it in my mouth. Um, yeah, just, yeah, anyway, we'll we'll get to Bendis and his style. Um, Did you pick Naomi? Oh, we just did it as a weekly comic, you know? Oh, I got you. When when Bendis first came over, I like to give people a chance. So when Bendis first came over to uh, DC, he, of course, was doing Superman, and we did a couple of Superman, and I also did a couple of his creator-owned ones that he does at DC, DC, Mm -hmm. and I mean, Naomi was just was just terrible like really like it was almost embarrassing it was so bad you know um yeah i didn't really check it out i remember that it was selling for a lot of money because people were you know thought she was gonna blow up well you know she blew up um (laughs) yeah you know not in not the way way. they were hoping (laughs) yeah no um now before we get started uh, adam i just thought i'd uh double check in with you any recent purchases from you for the shelf since last show? Have you have you made any investments? I know you're a big fan of um, you buy 
Adam, you buy sort of single collections as well as trades, don't you? So you buy single issues and that kind of thing? Yeah, I'm trying to get all the Legion appearances and singles. So not just what? like their stories, but if they pop in for one panel here or there, okay. I try to grab those. But uh, All right, so like really just can... guest appearances and stuff. Yeah, guest appearances or cameos even. Um, yeah, I'd like to put them all in a box and just have them all. That's pretty um, cool. And, and how much, like uh, you're in the States, so it's a lot easier. It's a lot harder here in Australia to do that because um, of the shipping. But, I mean, is it possible? Is it, is this something that you could actually achieve for a reasonable cost? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I've got the first one and, you know, all the early ones. Mm. Uh, the only thing that I really need is kind of like the Silver Age stuff where they're just in it for like a panel or two. Okay. Uh, none of that stuff is too crazy. I, I just get like the cheap reader copies. And yeah. There's probably like 12 places to buy comics within a 20-minute uh, like radius of me. So Really? It's pretty yeah, nice. Yeah. It's pretty good. And you're in Ohio, aren't you? Is that right? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. Um, cool. Uh, any Anyone famous come from there? Anyone you can name? A baseball player or something? Is there, who's the uh, I think person? the Sheens, uh, you know. Charlie Sheen the Sh- all that. What's that? Charlie Martin Sheen. Sheen? Yeah, Martin yeah, Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I think they come from here. Uh, you know, there's probably quite a few others, yeah. uh, you know, Ohio in general, we have a lot of presidents and astronauts, oh. and also uh, Bruce Banner is born in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're doing all right if you've got the Sheens and Bruce Banner. That's you know, what I think. The Incredible yeah. Hulk himself. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, yeah, so, but other than your Legion stuff, you haven't been picking anything up for the shelf, because obviously I've made a few purchases, which I'm about to, you know, go into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't. No, not really. Not I've really? been getting some art, so that's been kind of cool. Uh, I got yeah, a Ultra Boy that... and Phantom Girl piece. Was that the one you showed me? That's kind of like a pulp kind of style cover. Is that is that the one you showed me? That you got a commission done, um, and it was like you gave. Oh, me... that was a different one. Yeah, oh, uh, cool. yeah. I got one with uh, Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl and the Super Moby Dick of Space. Yes. I thought it'd be cool to make it look like an old movie poster, like maybe an old Moby Dick. <laughs> Poster. Yeah, that was cool, uh, I thought. Yeah. Like, yeah, very, like very it. cool. Um, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Now, I have a report back from the from, from the front. Basically, here in Australia, um, unfortunately, a lot of the comic stores, they really do retail, like, they just maximise, like, the cost. And you just, you just can't justify the purchase. Like, you'll go to Amazon because you're just like, well, seriously. So I was in a comic store. I won't name the store the other day. And they had the Legion of Superheroes five years later omnibus, okay, which, which we've discussed, um, maybe, maybe offline, but a bit on the show about you know uh, what it's given and stuff. Picking up five years after um, Levitt's finished his run, blah blah blah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like a, a dystopia and all that stuff. So, get this. I, I want you to give this. This was the price in store: two hundred and fifty Australian dollars. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually, I knew it would be a lot, but I, but I like to check the price just to see. And I was like, 250 And I'm like, I could easily get this for like, you know, on Amazon. It's probably about 150 Australian. Yeah. 160 maybe. See, that is crazy. Uh, you know, I don't know what the the dollar difference is, mm. but I didn't think it was too bad. But I know you guys have like a, maybe an import tax or something. Yeah, well, I, I think we just have as well, like, they, they just see these kind of whale purchases and they're just hoping for a bit of customer loyalty. Um, nice. And I'm the wrong man to come to for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm typing it in 
Legion, five years later, let's have a look. I reckon it'll be about 160 online. Oh, no, it's 190. Look, right now, 198 on Amazon, Australian. So, okay. 60, yeah. it's, yeah, I, you know, I still think that's very expensive. Um, and probably wouldn't buy it for that for that price. But um, but then again, you know, it's not something I'm heavily interested in. But, I yeah, they do, they are competitive on a lot, on some things, but on those big omnibuses, they just seem to give up and just are like, well, we're not going to try to compete at all. Um, yeah, here, yeah. Like, I, here in the States, it's cover price 150 and I can get it on Amazon right now for 126 Okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. And really, frankly, 126 would roughly correlate to about 198 in terms of our dollar, I think. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I buy my comics, like a monthly comics, uh, through a service called DCB Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's nice about them is uh, usually any new like hardcovers or trades are always 50% off. Mm. But unfortunately, I didn't order this because, you know, I uh, couldn't really justify it at the time. It's it's massive. I because having seen it in store, it it really is a big omnibus. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it must be uh, almost like fifty two issues, which is kind of almost too big. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's that kind of style where you're almost like I'm buying it to put on the shelf to sort of make a statement rather than actually read. <laughs> yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, but um, they picked a weird cover for that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the cover mm. that closely or whatever. But, uh, you know, the five years later stuff mostly focuses on these Legion of Superheroes when they're adults and they're not wearing costumes. Yeah, the but the cover has them on the front as, like, kids. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm sure that's to sort of almost trap a reader, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't yeah, know probably. what the concept well, is. Well, the thing is that the, that younger version, those are actually, like, clones that get introduced, like, halfway through. Hilarious. It's just odd that they put so much focus on it on the cover, but yeah. It, it's almost the opposite of what the pitch of the story is too, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. We'll get to it. We'll we'll, we'll get to those um, issues at some point during Legion Outpost. We're, we're we're a long way from there yet. Would you agree? Where, where? Yeah, we're I mean, I want to go at your comfort uh, because it is kind of a, you know, a complicated uh-huh. thing, and you need a lot of background. I feel like. Yes. Yes. Now, also, just before we get started on, um, we're doing Superboy 89, Adventure Comics, is it 305? Um, uh, yes. Yes, yeah. and then we're doing the Bendis. I just did want to mention that Adam and I were talking last night, and we're kind of coming up with this concept to sort of maybe do some installments, like five issues or something, from around, when When did we just say? It was around Kerry Bates's, um it was like 195, Superboy and the Legion 195, was it around, was it around there that we said we'd sort of start? Yeah, I was thinking uh, we would start with the first wildfire. That would be kind of good introduction yeah, yeah. to the Bronze Age. There's a few issues before that, but we, you know we don't have to hit them. But uh... yeah, and look, frankly, I've since I got the pretty much the entire run, I've actually been filling in the backstory of those ones. So I'd be, I'd be happy to hit it at one ninety five because I've actually been reading a fair bit of Superboy because um, before one ninety five. Legion were in it with new stories, but not that often. It was mostly just reprints or just flat-out Superboy. Um, yeah, exactly. And a lot of a lot of people complaining about that too, actually. Like, a lot of people writing in to the Superboy comic and getting published saying, where's Legion? Where's the new Legion stories? Yeah, and that's how eventually they took over as a co-feature and then eventually took over the book. Yeah. Um, 
It's but yeah, I bet cool, that's great yeah. for you because you love Superboy, and then you yeah. also get a Legion story, which you know you have a growing interest in. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a good, it's a good it's a good mashup. Um, I read this Superboy story last night. I don't know if you've ever read it, where he goes to a prison, and like it's all very corrupt and terrible and stuff. Like it's actually a pretty hard hitting story for Superboy. Um, and he's he's like flying around the prison, and like you know it's they're like in their library, all the books are falling apart, the food's really <laughs> terrible. They take him hostage. Uh, willingly, and uh, like he's dying of kryptonite poisoning, because um, he kind of he trades himself for all the hostages, and it's actually a pretty well, good story. It's a lot more hard hitting than the normal Superboy fare. Yeah, so is that like a seventies story? Yes, it's from right around this period. It's like it's not. It's about one eighty eight or one eighty nine somewhere around yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's right just before. Um, uh, the, the period will be, you know, the issues will be doing. But, you know, it was, it was pretty good. Like, because some of them are just so charmingly, you know, dated, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. As, as we'll find now. So, all right, well, let's let's turn to Superboy 89, um, which has got a great cover on it. Uh, still 10 cents, the comic. Um, you know, Monel. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Monel on the front cover with Superboy. Um, and the bizarre creature, which I didn't really understand in the context of the story, whether this was a real monster or, or just a trick. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, Superboy's assumptions uh, <laughs> seemed pretty dumb <laughs> about the <laughs> well, creature. he just goes, it must just be an alien. It was left by an alien race. And it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ten cents, ten cents back in the back. When would this have been? Like, what, what, what 1960 or something? Uh, 61. 61 for 10 cents you could pick it up um my copy has scanned copy actually has a name on it of whoever scanned this actually had their name on it linda someone um has written their name on the front cover which is actually quite funny um my dad when he gave me comics they have you know a lot of them have like their kids names written on them because he would trade them yes with other people or whatever they just didn't respect it at all did they back in those days no disposable very disposable. Um, it opens up to a pretty funny, um, <laughs> but they're basically playing sort of baseball, um, Monel and Superboy. And um, golly, it's great to have a brother who also has superpowers. We can play baseball in outer space. <laughs> and, and he's just lobbing this massive rock and breaking the bat. Um, now, do you want to take us through the, the start? Um, I noticed the art early, as soon as you flick that first page over, to the to the second page, the art's like old school, you know. Yeah, I'm not. I actually didn't look up who did this one, but uh, yeah, definitely very old school looking. Classic. Very classic, and basically a rocket is uh, streaking towards the Earth, and Mara Park Kent, Park Kent with that with that pipe as always. Yeah, he loves that pipe. I wonder if he died of throat cancer because he certainly like like sucking on that pipe. And then, so basically, um, this ties into a a question I have. So basically, the rocket lands, um, Superboy goes over to it, and there's the character we know is going to be Monel. But this was Monel's first appearance, am I right? That's correct. Yeah, Largan and goes by Monel. Okay. Um, Now, that costume, I just want to reference this before I forget. What, in Bendis' comic, when he sees Monel, He's like, you look like a guy in a show that I know. Who is he talking about? Like, I 
really didn't like that line because it felt like a uh, joke that I didn't really get. But I, 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 I'm I assuming it. It, he's I talking about the Supergirl it. show. So is he looking like Monel in the Supergirl show? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But what? it's like, yeah. so there's a Supergirl show within that's really DC sad. Comics, and Superboy watches it and likes it. But then when he talks about it, yeah. doesn't mention the fact that it's just a Supergirl show. Like, that's really know, it was just weird. That's just Bendis just having lost the plot. Because I feared that's what it was. I was like, what's he even talking about? Like, Bendis, if you, if you're gonna do a joke, at least pay it off because it made no sense in the context of the story. I was like. I don't even know what this. I was like, oh, I thought, I hope he's not talking about a show where Monel is a character. You know? And then I think Robin says he's like, yeah, he does look at him, and it's just like another way to make you feel like, yeah, he's super clever, like being super clever, and you're like, just don't put that in the book. Yeah, don't put that in the book. Um, now, okay, so Superboy gets out of Monel's um, cape a little note that's been written by Jor-El, um, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, so it's instructions to Earth. It says, this chart describes the space course to be taken by my son's rocket ship on its journey to Earth. And he says, my son, is it possible that Jor-El has another son older than me? But, uh, so it, whenever I actually read it, it actually set up more how they might be related. The way I remembered it was that he just assumed they were related because yes. he had the same powers. But there was a little more to it that made it seem more like he might have been his brother. Yes, um... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. And then he's like, uh, he, this youth could be my older brother. Um, there's a medallion around his neck made of kryptonized metal. It's inscribed with our love and good wishes, Jorel and Lara, my mother and father. So, I mean, there's enough there that, I mean, I think he goes overboard with his assumption, but there's enough there to think that at least it's a Kryptonian, I think. You could say. Yeah, and poor Monel has uh, amnesia. Amnesia. Yeah, conveniently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what, Story doesn't really work otherwise. Why is Monel such a prick in the Bender stuff? Like he, I thought Monel was like a good guy, but he's like got a real attitude um, in the Bendis. Is that is that normal for Monel? Sort of almost he's jealous of Superboy. Is that is that a storyline they they do? Uh, sometimes he can be, you know, have a little chip on his shoulder. Uh, with the Bendis stuff, they haven't really revealed why, but we know that there's some kind of connection between Monel and Superboy. Right. Um, it seems like uh, my initial theory was maybe he was pissed that he got left in the Phantom Zone yes. for a thousand years, which would make a lot of sense. That would make sense, it, but it, <laughs> but uh, it seems very it's like a petty dislike rather than a deep dislike. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's going to be some kind of f- uh, f- family connection right. uh, okay. in this version. Okay. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. Just wondering that because I always—I mean, I don't know much about Monel, but I always thought he would just be kind of like a cool Superboy kind of character. Um. So anyway, so then there's a flashback um about about the planet. Um. His his name was and you know Superboy sort of remembering uh, like God. How many times did they did they? Re- it's almost like the Punisher. How they always did like the death. <laughs> like it's like Superboy once again reflects on what happened with his life and Jor-El. Um, and then he yeah, puts, exactly. he puts Monel in the flames. Like, too bad if Monel hadn't been invulnerable. He's like, yeah, and then he sends him to save a ship that's going to collide with another ship. And he's like, well, if you can't do it, I'll get it. But maybe you wouldn't be fast enough. I don't know. Um, but he, he, yes, my brother, you sure have superpowers. Now let me take you home to my foster parents, um, who raised me from infancy. 
well, they'd be surprised to learn they've got an older brother. And um, I love the tunnel, the tunnel in the woods that Superboy uses um, to uh, get to home base. And he's already something I noticed. He's got his pictures of Jor-El and Lara up and a map of Krypton. Um, it very much is a forerunner of the fortress, isn't it? Like just those how he's doing that kind of shit. Yeah, he's also got like statues of the Legion on his desk. They don't show it here, but normally he does. Yeah, cool. Um, I've one thing I've noticed reading Superboy, like he's really just Superman younger. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the president calls him. Like you know, if he's ever not available for a day, like the news reports are like the world's out of control. Superboy is is away. Like Superboy did plenty. I I didn't realize Superboy was so active. Yeah, he's pretty well established. Um, you know, you would have thought that maybe they would have had him being like a secret, like how Supergirl yeah. was. Yes. Um, for whenever he became an adult, but you know, I would think it would be pretty obvious who <laughs> Superman was, but I don't know. <laughs> but it, I think it's it 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 speaks to the time period where whoever came up with that. Well, we know who it was. It was um uh, Joe Siegel uh, when he came up with the idea for Superboy. Probably at first, and and we researched this on the last show. They actually did it while he was away at war. Um, I believe. Um. So mm, he, okay. he came up with the he came up with the the pitch for Superboy. It was rejected, and then while he was away on active service, uh, DC without his consent published the Superboy stuff, and that's huh. that's what's led to so many um, uh, legal wranglings until they finally settled. Uh, like the estate settled, you know, a few years ago. Um, yeah, there's always been some issues with that. There was a Legion of Superheroes cartoon, and in the show there was Superboy, but because you know he was Superman as a boy, but they had to call him Superman right. for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. But what I'm saying is, like, okay, back in those more innocent days, they probably started thinking, okay, we'll do a little bit of Superboy like early, early days, and then it blew up, and they were just like, well, we're just going to keep milking it now. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like, exactly. We'll we'll have our cake and we'll leave it too. Like all the shit that Superboy did before he was Superman, and and really, I mean, yes, he's younger, but I mean, he seems to have all the same powers. He can fly through time. Um, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's just funny. Really. It's interesting that when they came up with the idea to to do Superboy, they didn't do it as like a sidekick, you know, because they had, uh, you know, they have Robin, Kid Flash. Yeah. Yes. You know, they were like, well, let's do a like a period piece. For Superman of him as a boy, yeah, um, which is a little different, you know. Maybe it's because I mean, I'm just thinking Superman was already so powerful, and did he really need a sidekick? You know? True, yeah. You know, um, it would it, it would would it have just made it tougher to even write now that there's Superboy as well as Superman together at the same time. True. And it's just, well, I guess he has Supergirl, so I guess yes, that's... he did have the Maid of Might. Um, Maid of Might, and I notice as well, um, Park Kent. Um, by this time period, they're off the farm. They've got the general store. I think that... I think they always had that. I don't remember them... I don't know. Yeah. I think they do kind of both. Right, okay. But I'm not sure. Because I'm more familiar with the kind of like, you know, the last 20, 30 years. It's very yeah. much been, you know, Mara Parkin on the on the farm, looking out into In the, the movie. sunset. Yeah. yeah, looking out into the sunset, on the porch... You know, every time yeah. Superman has a moment of crisis, goes and chats with Park Kent, who tells him something. And, 
you know. And then he has a heart attack. And, yeah, and then he has a heart attack and he dies, <laughs> and then suddenly he's back again, and then he dies again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, through this era, I think they've always always have the general store, but it'll be interesting to see as we go through if he's ever doing like farm work. But yes. I liked in this first panel, he says, yeah. so dad, you now have two sons. It's like, that's... <laughs> he just drops that bombshell. <laughs> and I was like, we're kind of strapped, Clark. He's going to have to stay down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now he, he just kind of lobs it at the dad and then he's like, it sounds incredible, Clark. It, it's so sudden. <laughs> but if your brother is anything like you, your mother and I will be doubly blessed. We'll celebrate tonight. The instant I get home, like, Parkhead just rolls with it straight away. Like, yeah. he's just seen so much shit by this point that he's just like, okay. <laughs> Um, the main thing he's worried about is his um, stuff in the refrigerator and he seems to forget that Clark can just super freeze it with his super breath, um, which is kind of funny. And then yeah, a, a character I love, it's the Monel disguise as the brush salesman. Um, Bob Cobb. Yeah, Bob Cobb. And so Ed Locke just happens to lobby in selling um, brushes and that gives Superboy the great idea, like, why not make his brother a travelling salesman? Um, and I believe we did, uh, didn't we do a Modru, or Modru, have you say it, um, issue where we see that secret identity of Monel get used again? Uh, he does. We didn't do it yet. I think you might have read that on your own. Oh, okay. Right. I just remember it. Like, yeah, it was cool. They, they used that one. And um, so Bob Cobb. And how much action do they get through in one page? Like at the start of this, on the top left-hand panel, in a six-panel grid, you have Superboy saying he's got two sons. By the end of the page, bottom right, six-panel, you have Bob Cobb as the secret identity for Monel. You know? Yeah, in one page, he tells his dad that he has another son. He fixes a freezer. Yep. Uh, he gets visited by a salesman, and he sets up <laughs> Monel as a salesman too. Well, someone like Bendis could learn a lot. You know, um, that's six issues. That's a six issues miniseries. Yeah, it is. And and frankly, people will say, "Oh, it's modern day comics. You have to make it better." Bendis doesn't make it better by stretching these moments out so so long. It, actually, it's the same actions. It's just stretched out longer, and yeah, you could say this is compressed, but I like it. I think it, I, I think it makes it more interesting, um, and it gets through the action faster because you know it's not like it's the world's most exciting stuff that a, a salesman's come in, he freezes a fridge, and he gets an identity. So why not get it all done quickly? You know? Yeah, um, I'd be interested if you know one of the bigger names, like say Jeff Johns or something, went back to doing uh, stuff like this. I think the problem probably would be is you know that's what six panels on this page um so expecting say ivan reese to draw yeah six detailed panels like that is you know maybe more than what they would do anymore you reckon what you think they're actually got a problem with doing the the grid i think just um because i've seen interviews recently with like jason fabok for uh what's uh three jokers yes and a lot of that is like nine panel grid, and he talks about how each one, each panel is like doing an entire page. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. I guess it depends on how much you put into your work. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I get it's challenging, but I, I just feel that like, I don't know, like it's it, it it's economy of storytelling. So I, I think there's a place for it. I wish they would do it. I wish they would do it a little bit more. I'm not saying every comic needs to have it. Do you know what I mean? 
But yeah, I'd definitely like to see that. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to have a kind of retro appeal um, book. And don't forget, like things like uh, Watchmen, wasn't that twelve panel? Am I right? In uh, I, think, I think it was nine panel grid. Nine panel Maybe grid. it was twelve. Panel. You might be right. I'm not even sure, but it was nine or twelve. Um, yeah. So then we get to um, pretty funny, actually. Then we we get to one of my favourite uh, characters turns up on the next page. Crypto. What about when Superboy's just tossing the cars around? Um, yeah. It's just like, fucking hell, Superboy. Like, you just do whatever you like. Like, and there's, they stop a Monel, they stop a sort of truck accident. Um, Superboy's um, throwing these cars around. Then Crypto turns up, and you know I love Crypto. And um, yeah. he's like, look, there's Crypto. You must remember Crypto. He was our pet on Krypton. I'll signal him. I'm like, was he? So did Crypto come in the in the spaceship. I think he came in the second rocket. Right. Okay, I see. There's some comic I read recently where they actually show Superboy as a boy and he's lonely and then a rocket ship comes to Earth and you just see it from uh, Crypto's perspective. You just see Clark looking down at the rocket and he sees like a bark. It was a really good... uh, scene where he kind of gets introduced to crypto is it an old like comic a modern, or is it a modern comic it's like a modern retelling it might be secret cool. origin okay cool. which you didn't get to yet i haven't got to it yet but it's gonna be my next um jeff john superman read it's really the only one i haven't read um i'm looking forward to it uh i know you rate yeah. it highly um i yeah. do uh it's my favorite superman origin i know people like that some of the other ones do different things, but for me, it's very classic, and I like yeah. that. Well, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll probably like it because it's so classic. You know what I mean? I, I, and then I love yeah. how he goes. Um, so, so in this version, anyway, I think it refers to you know Super Toddler. You know how Super Baby. Sometimes I think what they did was they DC really knew how to milk Superman, so they decided to start doing series back on Krypton before he left when he's like a toddler. Yeah. Um, and they continued those in some of the Superboy comics where he's a toddler on Earth. Um, so they sort of really tried to milk every single fucking second of his existence. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Monel's like, as you know, I don't remember anything about a life of Krypton. But if Krypto was our dog, this should be a great reunion. But Krypto's like growling at him. <laughs> yeah, which is surprising because he's generally pretty friendly. And, yeah. you know, Monel's not. <laughs> he. They wanted to set it up to think that Monel is like devious or yes. up to something, but he's not. So it's like, well, why is Crypto being such a dick? Well, Crypto, you know, he's just a dog, and maybe he was a bit jealous that his master was with this other superhero. I don't Could know, but like, yeah, Crypto just it. wasn't feeling him, you know. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. maybe Crypto's forgotten me. It's been so long since he saw me. Like, Monel doesn't even know, you know. <laughs> like, he's just speculating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then we go over. Um, uh, we've got good heavens. Um, I noticed the medal on Monel's belt. It isn't from Krypton. On a recent journey through time into the past, I studied the Jor-El's records of all the elements found on Krypton. This medal isn't amongst them. Um, and then he's like, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> while while, um, while Monel's asleep and, and uh, you know, Superboy's kind of suspicious, he goes and gets a fragment of Kryptonite <laughs> from his Yeah, and he's like shining it on <laughs> You know what's weird, though, is he says the box is made out of lead, which is supposed to be poisonous to Monel. That's a good point. But it doesn't bother him here, yeah. Maybe it's not close enough, but like, but he does shine the thing on him like a torch, 
Um, yeah. You know, basically, Superboy's just checking to see if it'll start killing him. What a what a pal. Um, yeah. And then it's not. And then he's, so he's like, Model doesn't even react to the Kryptonite. Not even a twitch of discomfort. Okay, I found what I wanted. And then so he's like... Um, and from then on, he's he just straight away got the shits. He calls him the phony. He's keeping up the pretense. He's my older brother from Krypton. Um, and he's putting it all together. And someone else being painted as a bad guy, um, which is pretty funny. You know, actually, I forgot about something I want to back up and hit is after he's, like, downstairs in Superboy's lab, Superboy comes up with this whole plan or, like, this whole theory on how Monel looks older than him yes. or only a couple years older than him and he's like well maybe you were stuck yada 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 and I'm like well if he just is older than you then he's just older than you it doesn't have That's to be point. any kind of Krypton science did that make any sense to you um I know what you're saying yes like I found it confusing frankly like it's that yeah, classic says, thing about but how like, can they be so yeah. young I'm at least 18 oh, I guess yeah. maybe that's the problem well, he's eighteen, and he landed as a as a kid, as an infant. Um, whereas yeah. Monel landed, uh, and he's like you know twenty. I, I don't know. I don't really. Understand. I mean, they can't be more than five years age difference. No, so to no. me, it was just kind of a weird contrived thing where it's like you could have just been his older brother by five years, but yes. whatever. Yes, yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, it gets confusing when the whole thing about how some of the rockets take a lot longer to land than others yeah even mm-hmm. though that rocket left before do you know what i mean yeah and then obviously supergirl didn't age in her rocket so yes. i guess that could be what they're hinting at but he doesn't know about supergirl yet i don't no. know and they and they and they're not keen to explain it like too thoroughly either they sort of yeah. rush over it pretty quickly like the concept is to is to tell the young readers like this is this is superboy's older brother and then suddenly it's the question, like, where is he really from? It's actually pretty cool. Like, if you think about it, like, it's funny for us in 2020, like, Monel's been around, you know, years, you know, decades upon decades. 60. But back then it was, like, a new character, you know? Um, yeah, and for all you knew, they would never show up again. Um, yes. There was one... This story is actually kind of a rip-off of a different Superman story where a character named Hall Carr comes to Earth and is pretty much the same story, uh, and then that character was never really used again until I know he recently showed up in Grant Morrison's Green Lantern. But it's just interesting how with these younger readers, they could just recycle the stories because they didn't expect the same readers to really stick around. Whereas today, of yeah. course, you know, yeah. we stick around. And also in having read some of the Superboys um, closer to like 195, like, you know, sort of from 180 on what they often did as well is they would reprint old, old Superboy stories or old, very mm-hmm. old Legion stories. So in the early 70s, that often, quite often would reprint like a Superboy story from like the early 60s or a Legion story from back in that day, like in the comic. Yeah, they would usually say like, a Legion of Superheroes classic. Yes, yes. And that would it would usually have on it you'd, down in the corner what issue it was from, which is kind of cool, I guess. I mean, because... You've got to remember that it was a completely different time. Like, you, you couldn't go to a comic store and buy a trade. Um, if they didn't reprint it, the kids wouldn't see it, you know, ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they would, yeah. Unless and they'd the have, uh, like, the the giant size, which yes. would be cool because they'd have, like, six or eight stories in there. I know now, if, if I you're ready to move story. forward, I'd yes. like to cover these first three pages of the next chapter. Go for it. Okay. So, well, first off, we see uh, 
it kind of tease a lot of times they'll have a tease yes. for the chapter and then they'll continue on with the story and we see that Monel and Superboy are getting rained on by giant kryptonite rocks but it doesn't matter it doesn't bother Monel and mm. you know it's just a tease for where the story's going yes. but <laughs> after that we have a three-page diversion where Superboy has to go to school. Yes. And if you can explain to me what this has to do with the story, but he's taking a test and he says, I'll feel safer if I get a grade of 90% rather than 100, even though I could get perfect marks. Yes. And so the question is, here's one question on the origin of fairy tales. For example, <laughs> was there an original Cinderella? So he travels back in time. Yeah. I don't know how he knew to go to I that don't, I don't time. know where he had this information from that's so detailed about Cinderella because I certainly haven't ever heard this story. Yeah, before. and then he, he starts seeing this thing and then he actually follows, he travels forward in time. Inside the ancient the time though. So he, he does a time, like he travels massively back to ancient Egypt and then there's a small jump of like six months from there. Yeah, but the six months jump is like, how did he know to travel forward six months? Or can he just like look outside the time stream as he's flying maybe? I don't know. Superman but, and Superboy have a lot of powers with time travel. Like, they fucking can do... Like, realising that has made me understand why the movie was just so blasé about the time travel. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because in it's the old almost comics, inherent to his character at this point. Yeah, exactly. In the comics, he just fucking did it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, if you named Superman's powers, you'd be like, oh, he can fly a super strength. Oh, he can travel through time. Yeah. yeah. Seemingly as he pleases. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, he goes and he gets this question about the Cinderella, and he writes it up and all that. Even though he already said that he's happy with a 90%, and he doesn't want to draw attention to himself. And then he starts drawing attention to himself because he's like, well, how do you know the answer to this? He's like, I can't answer that, or I'll draw attention to myself. And then she tells him to sit down. She's like, well, sit down, Clark. (laughs) It's like, why are you going to all this effort for a test question that you just said you didn't want to, like, you know, stand out. I don't know. It was just all very silly to me. But but also, like, did he know it or not? Like, if he knew all this information, why did he have to fly back? You and know, if he didn't know, then how did he know where yeah. to go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he, he, it's like, I need to know the answer to this question, so I'll fly back to exactly where it fucking happened, then I'll fuck around in the time stream there to get the... It's like, well, if you knew it, why didn't you just write it down or, or just... I don't know. And, and how did you get 89% when you were fucking around with these questions like this anyway? like. And know. the other thing is, why? what does this have to do with Monel? <laughs> I just think it was, um, I agree, and it was just like they needed three pages. Yeah, uh, it's very filled. charming. I just yeah. thought it was silly. It's, yeah, it's definitely silly. It's funny, and yeah. there's even an appearance by Lana where he does the breath, so she gets her confidence up as a ballet dancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny as well. And I guess that kind of sets up that, you know, he's kind of sweet for her. And yep. going forward, we see Bob Cobb, Monel, yes. is out trying to sell brushes. He's a brush salesman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he sells paintbrushes, shoebrushes, toothbrushes, hairbrushes, and brush brushes. Yep. Um, and he, uh, Lana Lang comes up and she wants to buy a brush. And she says, how much is this? And he looks in her purse with his x-ray vision and sees yeah. that she has 77 cents, which is, as we see, a very coincidental number yeah. um, because he wanted her to just have just enough money to buy a brush. He couldn't just give her the brush no, you know, no. for whatever he reason. He couldn't give her just a, a comp brush. He, ha- he had to then charge her literally everything in a purse. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And really piss off Superboy, uh, who really yeah. gets the shits pretty quickly, actually. I didn't realize Superboy yeah. was so sort of um, quick to sort of get the shits. Like, I mean, he he's really like um, yeah, Monel's cutting his lunch, isn't he? Like, he just doesn't like I mean, it he's all. really kind of a dick in this story, if you think <laughs> about it. Yeah. He, he like, is. the guy comes to Earth, doesn't know what's going on, and he's like, you're my brother. And he's like, I don't think I'm your brother. And he says, no, you're my brother. You're and my then brother. he's like... Does all this horrible stuff to him? It subjects him to kryptonite. Like is very suspicious of the Lana Lang thing. The rat. He's trying to take my girl from me. <laughs> exactly, and and he thinks that he's, uh, you know, now that he knows he's not from Krypton, he thinks he's trying to trick him. And it's like, well, if he was trying to trick you, he probably would have come to you and said, "Hey, I'm your brother," yeah. instead of coming to you and being like, "I don't know who I am." <laughs> exactly. Then we have one of the bits. The lamp. Go ahead. The lamp, which is going on and off, that's a special signal, which means the White House, Professor Lang, or Chief Parker is trying to contact you by radio. And I was like, shit, the White House? Um, exactly. I was like, I mean, so much for Superboy's secret identity. Like, he's got this fucking lamp, which goes red. And it can yeah, be, it can be the president. Um, Before we hit that, though, you got to acknowledge the fact that the the brush was seventy seven cents. Oh, but the sticker says three fifty. Yeah. Oh, but it's Lana Lang, so her initials are LL. So if I grab the sticker off her book and put it on the brush, it looks like it says seventy seven cents. Yep. It's like yeah, yeah, cool. It's, it's it's good stuff. I mean, it's the hijinks they get up to at super speed, um, which I, I guess makes sense in in the comics. I always thought super speed was kind of not lame but limited. But when you see them do it in the movies and stuff and you realise, and like in shows and everything, you realise how fast super speed is and how you can, between moments, do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how Quicksilver in Days of Future Past and all that? Yeah, exactly. That was very well done. Yeah, and and now I think of it more like that. Because in the comics, it's always like, yeah, he's fast. But if you really think how fast, you know, like, I guess you could do crazy shit like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a tough balance because when they have superpower or super speed, they're either so quick, like in the Quicksilver scene, mm. uh, where you know it wouldn't make sense for them to ever get like hurt yes, or anything, true. or they have to contrive reasons for them not to be able to do that, or they just forget how fast they can move, yep. and they have trouble doing like dumb things, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. It's a it's a tricky power. Luckily, Superman has so many powers that that's just one power, which like yeah. sort of conveniently comes and goes. I find. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was Chief Parker though that was uh, calling, um, and there's some incident mm. going on. What, what are the crooks there? Right there, <laughs> bombarding Smallville Bank with like balls, catapults. Yeah, they're catapulting <laughs> lead balls into the bank, yeah, as you do. It's kind of old school, like a siege approach. Um, <laughs> it's 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 not exactly, uh, how can I say, uh, covert. It's uh, just an all-out assault on the bank, um, you know, from the outside. And then, so Superboy comes in and he's just knocking them down. Um, and I think this is where you first get the, yeah, you first get uh, Monel getting weak. To lead, mm-hmm. and I, I've got a point here. Uh, basically, it's a continuity point within the issue. So Monel feels weak from the lead balls, which you find out is his weakness, and he says he then his strength says it's coming back. But later on in the issue, they make the point that he never recovers from lead. So I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. 
yeah, it's just interesting that inside the same issue, they kind of contradicted themselves, really. Or Maybe it's it the... like, uh, you know how in a video game you'll have like 100% on your life bar, mm. and this exposure, he was like draining down to like 50%, and he never really gets better than that? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting because... Um, or maybe he's so badly affected by what Superboy does at the end that that's there's no recovery from that bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's more what he meant. But yeah, so Superboy is he finds these lead balls and he's like, oh, I'll paint these to look like kryptonite and throw yep. them uh, out into space. Yep. And then he races them to where he's supposed to meet Monel so that it comes down as a meteor shower later. Um, but in the meantime, they come across these. Alien Jack in the Box. He says it's a Jack in the Box monster. Oh, and you know it's probably left behind in a space wreck by a weird race of space people who make crazy toys. Like that's a very specific probably. You know, <laughs> I, I was confused as to were they put there by him, like you know, no. or was it just a coincidence? They were. they were just a coincidental sort of monster that just happened to be there. And yeah, you know, were they probably even a monster, left behind, or were they just a toy? <laughs> I mean, were they alive? I, I don't even know. They I don't think like, so. They I look think, like they're mechanical. Yeah. yeah, I think just like a lethal jack-in-the-box. Right, okay. Well, that, was, that was interesting. It was also the cover as well, which is, which is funny, you know? Yeah, it is weird that that made the cover uh, because it's such a small thing here. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if, if... Look, I don't know how they did it back in the day, but it wouldn't surprise me if they came up with the covers first, you know? Yeah, I can see that. You know, and then just, but you just have to write a scene in somehow relating to the cover. If you think about it, like, you know, comics for a long time, the covers aren't reflective often of what is in the issue, you know? Yeah, for sure. And sometimes intentionally so. Yes, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's interesting. So, but then then the thing is, like, all these green kryptonite comes down um, and uh, Monel's super struggling at this point. Well, initially he says they can't harm us because he thinks they're just rocks. Mm. And Superboy is like, no, it's kryptonite. We're going to die. And then he's like, oh, you're right. We're going to die. And then he's, you know, Superboy reveals, I was just pretending this is just lead, not kryptonite, and you're a liar, and you're yeah. busted. Cut out the dying act. You're in no danger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Monel's um, just, like, dying. It, but it triggers his memories, right? Yes, yeah, um, yes, it's shocked his brain out of a state of amnesia. My memory is restored. I recall everything now. I don't come from Krypton. I'm not your brother. I'm a native of Daxam, another planet where lead affects Daxamites the way Krypton affects you, except its effects never wear off. Any damage is permanent. And then he does the whole story that um, basically it's kind of funny um, that he landed on the planet um, when Jor-El was aware uh, they spent several weeks with him while he, Jor-El repaired his rocket ship and Jor-El knows that Krypton's about to blow up so he says take this chart it will follow, show you a course to another inhabited world the Earth um, and Jor-El had memorised the chart for his baby son Kal-El uh, so what basically happens then is um, that explains the letter um, and Lara was like before you go take this locker it's inscribed with love from Jor-El and me because we learned to care for you deeply, even though your stay was short. Okay. <laughs> so in a way, he is kind of like his, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say a couple of weeks would make him like a brother to him, but, you know, they had affection for him. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, look, it explains it in that Silver Age way that, like, you know... Could have been, like, a menage a trois type uh, situation. Yeah, yeah, yes, you definitely, yeah, in today's comics, could have gone down that road, I think. But, uh, obviously, <laughs> um, Jor-El and uh, Lara are fairly untouchable in that regard. Um, and then, whatever reason... Oh, yeah, his, his rocket drifted in space till a short while ago. Yeah. It doesn't explain why he didn't age. Um but then I guess now oh, that yeah. would just be a wormhole or something, you know, like, I don't know, something would happen to put him in, like, cryogenic freezing or something. Um, yeah, I think it's implied, because, you know, how Supergirl didn't age either. Yes. Um, so I guess it's just implied that these rocket ships have cryogenic stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a cool end, like, and then Superboy's like, this is all my fault. Yes, it is, Superboy. Um, yeah, he big- came to Earth, he was a nice guy, and yeah. you, you fucked him. Yeah, because I thought you were an enemy. I played a fatal trick on you. Oh, but I'll fly you away from here. The effects of the lead will soon wear off. And it's like, weren't you listening, Superboy? Like, he said this. Once exposed yeah. to lead, a Daxamite is doomed. I'll die wherever you take me. Then I like the fact. And is this the first appearance in the Phantom Zone? Or is, have the Phantom Zone been around? I had to look it up. Uh, I think it appeared maybe just a few months before now. It's really cool. Like, this shows you that these writers by this point were getting a bit more clever um, and yeah. sophisticated because he, he's like, okay, I'll put you in the Phantom Zone um, and he gives a bit of a brief history. I must warn you, Monel, there are dangerous villains at large in the Phantom Zone. Life may be hard, but at least you'll be alive. Um, and I promise you in the future I'll find a cure for the deadly effects of the letter and turn you to the real world. Um, and so he puts him in there. And he's like, Monel, wherever you are, remember, I'll free you someday when I grow up to be Superman. I swear it, but he didn't. Um, he never does. He never does, because we know that he then pops up in the Legion. Um, exactly. Um, yeah, so he makes a few appearances, like, as a Phantom Zone mm. person before he appears with the Legion. But, right. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And, I mean... Have they ever addressed... Is there a comic where they address the fact that Superboy can go into the future, Monel is there, Monel comes out and is cured of the Phantom Zone effects. Why doesn't he go back with the cure and take Monel out earlier? Is there ever any story that addresses that? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. There's also the possibility of why not just after you get the cure then he can travel back in time of his own power, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's a very good Either point. Either one. And he ha- he does travel back in time sometimes. Uh, I think he did in that Morju story you were talking about, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah he did. Yeah, in, in, that one he, in that one he did. And he even takes on the um, Bob Cobb. Yeah, I'd say the reason for, my, you know, my thing not working is he probably falls in love with Shady and... Uh, they do show later on that maybe he was kind of like a bit of an outcast on Daxam. Right. Uh, but as far as Superboy not going back in time, maybe it's like a don't mess with the time stream kind of thing. I don't know. Because we yeah. see later that uh, in issue 304 that we really, we reviewed last month uh-huh. um, that uh, – what was I going to say? Oh, Monel is kind of helping out the Legion with oh. – uh, he lets Saturn Gorilla know about – no, he lets Lightning Lad know yes. about Saturn Girl's plot. Yes, that's oh, right. Uh, and also, yeah. when Lightning Lad comes out, when Lightning sorry, when Lightning Lad dies, 
um, Saturn Girl has a kind of temporary cure so he can attend the funeral. Remember that? It's yeah, like, yeah um, a temporary thing, and that comes from actually. I was flipping through today, and I noticed that actually comes from Adventure Comics three hundred, which was the first time that Monel really teams up with the Legion, right? Uh, and she gives that to him then, so it's kind of established there that she made it, which is interesting because she's not supposed to be the smart one, you know. Brainiac five is yes, yeah, but Saturn Girl sort of was punching above her weight there, so good good work, yeah. Saturn Girl. She's not stupid, yeah. though. Like, she's always fairly clever, you know? Oh, no, and uh, later on, Levitz does a thing where it's, like, the four smartest Legionnaires get kidnapped, and it's Brainiac 5, Saturn Girl, and I think Dream Girl and Chameleon Boy right. are supposed to be the four smartest. Okay, cool. Well, look, overall, uh, for an origin issue, I thought it was very strong. Um, obviously, you've got to look at it in the time period it was written. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I'd give it 8 out of 10. I think it's a good origin. Yeah, I'd give it an 8 as well. Um you know, uh, I think it's a fun story, and there's fun little things that are fun to laugh about nowadays. Um, sure. I wanted to mention, actually, that something that you might be interested to check out since you're reading the Jeff Johns mm. uh, Superman run is Action Comics Annual 10. Mm. It has the same story, but it's updated for, like, the oh, post-crisis cool. thing. Oh, sweet. And that's, and that's from Jeff Johns, yeah? Yeah, and it has like a lot of callbacks to this. Like he even has the uh uh what was it? The Jack in the Box, but on his it's like a, a circus thing on Earth. But anyway. It's worth checking out. It's a pretty good story. Okay, yeah, no, I've and, and I've actually got that as well. I've got that on my on my list to read. So yeah, okay. I, I will definitely um definitely read that. I'll read that along with the Secret Origin uh, fairly shortly, I'd say. Nice. Um, Okay, well, I think that covers um, that Superboy issue. Unless you've got anything to add, we've given it... um, What have we given it? We've given it uh, both 8 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next issue was Adventure Comics 305, which is, I think, the one straight after The Death of Lightning Lad, isn't it? Correct, yeah. Um, Did you read the Superman, um, the Superboy uh, comic before it? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever read that one. I, I wanted to start reading them with you, but I, I didn't get around to it. No, it's okay. It, like, it's it's fairly forgettable, but it's got a funny cameo from Chameleon Boy at the end. Yeah, um, I did notice that, and I was happy to see that. So this will be one that I'll definitely want to read, because yeah. like I said, I'm trying to focus on the Legion stuff. Yes. Um, now, this, so this one is, it's directly after the death of Lightning Lad, and I was pleased to see that they actually show it. And their reactions to it um, in this issue. So it's it, people often think that back with these old comics, there was never any kind of version of continuity. But like this one directly shows Saturn Girl crying about about his death and stuff, and they're still at the funeral basically. Um, yeah, this kind of carries through from he dies in three hundred four, and then you. I think you already read the one where he comes back. Yes. In three twelve. So yeah, I mean, you definitely get a feeling of this through line on these plots um and then we even have one in a few issues where an imposter returns and you think it's lightning lad but it turns out not to be i see right okay before he's real um 
And then they've got the later as they return to the superhero clubhouse, and they've got like in memory of a lightning lad, the first Legionnaire to perish in action. Monel, he must remain in the Phantom Zone until permanent cure for his ailment is discovered. And, yeah, and, you know, Sunboy, and you get why they get a statue, but then there's like Sunboy right next to him, so I'm assuming everybody gets a statue. Yeah, like Sunboy's just got his power, super radiance. Super radiance. <laughs> <laughs> um, there'll never be another Legionnaire like Lightning Lad. Um, and then, funnily enough, it goes straight into um, basically people auditioning for the Legion because uh, of the. Yeah, I love the tryout issues. I think they should do a collection of all the Legion tryout issues. That would be interesting. I liked Antenna Boy, who just picks up just radio broadcasts from stations anywhere on Earth, wherever they originate in the present, past, or future. And he's just kind of yeah. like driving himself crazy with just like constant um, advertisements, which he can't yeah. even control. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, he is kind of like an enduring one that sticks around. Um, later on, he joins the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Right. And then uh, in the 5YL stuff, he's like a reporter, which makes sense. Yes. Like a podcaster. How is he but, not insane? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess uh, his alien physiology. Yes, it must be. Uh, but uh, one of these kid? says, Bulletin, Kennedy re-elected yes. president of U.S. Yeah. They, they, they this is actually... Yeah. Pre-assassination, pre yeah? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, he never actually got re-elected because he was assassinated. It was like five or six months beforehand. Wow. Imagine if it was like, Bulletin, Kennedy shot, like just a downer for the kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kids are just depressed. Um, Nixon, uh, you know, impeached. Uh, <laughs> I am the Dynamo Kid, This and it's just... Like a, pretty much a pattern going on with a lot of these guys trying to sort of hoodwink the Legion. Like this guy's not really got powers; he's just got some sort of a um, a wire going on. So he's just and he he wants to be a reporter and find out a week with the Legion, you know, with his fake powers. Yeah, and I don't remember them explicitly stating it here, but there is a rule about having to have like uh, natural powers. Yes. But I don't think they ever explicitly state that here. But you see that they're not happy with him. Your, uh, your bomb's laid an egg. Get lost. Who is yeah, that? Exactly. Who is that? Who's saying that? Who is that? Ultra Boy or who is that? In the yellow. Uh, that's Invisible Kid. Invisible Kid. Yeah, mm -hmm. Invisible Kid's definitely got an attitude on him. Um, that's a miscoloring, actually. He's not supposed to be yellow. He's supposed to be like brown. But yeah, right. he's he's a little sassy. Yeah, he's just a sassy. It's funny. He's even got the headband on. He's got the kind of Jor-El headband. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the headband, but now I think it's pretty lame. Yeah, like it's it's lame, but it's so of its time that I can't help but like it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's kind of like how they viewed like Krypton and the future and stuff. People was all mm -hmm. going to be wearing headbands. Um, yeah. Oh, then, also, yeah. I should say Dynamo Kid. When I read Superman and the Legion, there's Stormboy there, and yes. I always assume that yes. this was Stormboy because I'd read the story. Yes. And he's faking powers, which it seemed like that was a thing with Stormboy, but it's not Stormboy. But it's interesting because it's a similar thing, isn't it? And Stormboy's literally done all this shit to his body to, yeah. to have his powers. Like, it's kind of sad what happened to Stormboy, really, isn't it? It was. It was interesting. And Stormboy, I think, is one of these Silver Age stories just uh, later. Yes. Okay. Um, it, with the same sort of, you know, story. Legionnaire Lemon. Um is there and he's got heaps of superpowers um and he's just he's doing things like supporting colossal boy now you also know why i'm named marvel lad like it's like okay are we settling on a name here 
Um, yeah, the Legionnaire Lemon thing was kind of dumb. I kind of like the name Marvel Lad. Yeah, Marvel Lad's cool. Um, and it's just basically like, hey, I like it when they're like, um, the metal detector reveals you you aren't a robot. How do we know you're not Superboy in disguise and you've come out to play a prank with us from the past? Um, they always assume that somebody's like trying to fuck with him because <laughs> they played that prank with him on initiation. Yeah, so it's just like, it, it's like Superboy, you prankster, like you're constantly under suspicion. Um, the kryptonite rays don't affect him. Note two, the lead box doesn't hurt me either. Um, is that explained why that doesn't hurt him? Um, it must be. It is, but okay. here it's like the fact that he's saying it and drawing attention to it. Yes. It's like, oh, that's kind of a hint, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is a hint. And um, you've got the powers of both Superboy and his friend Monel. Yet you're, un- you're unharmed by kryptonite radiations, which can destroy Superboy. Or by lead radiation, which can kill Monel. That means you're greater than both of them. And he's like, correct, Brainiac Five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this 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 guy's just got all the answers, hasn't he? Like he's just he's flying to distant galaxies to do shit. Um, and they the Sun Eater. I found this interesting because I knew the Sun Eater from Final Night, um, mm-hmm. which I always thought wasn't really a form, but here it's actually a monster. Like, yeah, I'm actually looking at Sun Eater now to try to see where his first appearance was. And this says it was Adventure Comics 352, right. which is obviously like 50 issues after this, which I think is the Feralad story. Right. So I guess maybe people don't count this as the same Sun Eater because he looks like a giant dude rather than a... He looks like you a know. sort of furry monster. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> looks like a big gorilla. Um, In Final Night which was a cool story that I read back in the 90s and actually was one of my first ever introductions to any Legionnaires. Um, yeah. Was Sun Eater any form at all? Or was he just like a dark mass, I thought? I think a lot of times he kind of looks like maybe like a cloud. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, now, I mean, did you read the Death of Feralad story or no? I think I have, but I don't remember it very well. I, I think we did it on an episode of Signal like eons ago. Um, I okay. know, I know of it more than anything. He was a fan created character, um, which they drew drew into the comic or something, and then killed him. Uh, I don't know if it's quite the fan created character, but yeah, I mean, he's that's the big Sun Eater story. Um, that's after this one, and then is kind of adapted for Final Night. Yes, kind of. Like- yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely do it on the on this at some point because I actually don't remember it. I, I remember liking it, um, but I don't remember the details of it at all. I remember it's one of the best. A, I remember thinking it was a particularly good story, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. And in Final Night, he's in Final Night too, isn't he, Pharaoh Lad, is he? Or, or am I wrong? Yeah, exactly. That was kind of the thing was that that was the reboot version of the Legion, and you're like, oh, no, we're going to get the same story as Final Night. But then, you know, they have, like, a twist where he doesn't die. Yes. But they kind of set up that he's going to sacrifice himself in Final Night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember it. I liked Final Night. I thought Final Night was a good storyline. Um, I haven't read it in so long, but, yeah, I remember liking it. It's got an excellent um, coda at the end, like an epilogue with Green Lantern, um, where they start the rehabilitation of Hal Jordan. Right, because he sacrifices himself. Yes, yeah. yeah. There's a particularly good scene... Because it's before Jeff Johns kind of got his hands on him. Um, but they're starting to rehabilitate him because there was a lot of pressure. I was reading Green Lantern at the time. There was a lot of pressure from the Green Lantern fans to Hal Jordan not be a villain. 
Um, mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he's like, Batman's talking to him, and he's like, I can stop this. And or Batman's like, do it, but I don't trust you. And then he's like, but I can change it all. I can take us all back and erase all the mistakes. And it's pretty cool. And Batman's like, no, you know, that yeah. that way kind of lies madness. It's pretty cool, actually. I thought it was a pretty good... It's a, it's like before they really worked out how to rehabilitate him, you know, but they were trying to sort of start doing it. Yeah, I think all that parallax stuff was pretty interesting. Yeah, and then, so. you know, transitioning back to Green Lantern was cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then we see, um, yeah, I'll turn up the power of my heat vision to the ninth degree and give you a super hot foot. And then, haha, look at him go. Since I made things too hot for his taste, he's speeding off in search of a cooler sun. I doubt he'll, if he'll ever pester this solar system again. And then, basically, um, the Sun Eater, who does look like a hairy gorilla, just leaves. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the end of Sun Eater. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically sending him out on all these different feats, and then the next one is he has to protect this planet from monsters. Yes. And then they think, oh, you killed the monsters, so you're not allowed in. So there's another Legion Constitution thing, which yes. I always try to, I always find kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that they were just projections and they were protecting this treasure from uh, that pirates had left there. And he's like, ha, 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 who did any killing? Not me, pal. It's like, he's really laying it on thick, this this Marvel boy. Like, he's a bit of a, he's very <laughs> cocky, you know, like, with his big M on his, like, chest emblem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it kind of makes sense how he's acting like that when we yes. see who he is. Yes. You know, you're like, eh, it's, he's probably earned this. It's a good old-fashioned prank, basically. Like, it's just a good old prank back in the day between friends, really. Um, yeah. And then, um, what happens here? I'm just looking to see what's going on. He, he transmutes some... He creates, like, a, I don't even know what he does. He creates, like, a new metal or something, a new element? Yeah, he creates a new element, and then it flies out uh, the window, which is, one, interesting, because the next issue, I think, introduces Element Lad. Uh, and he becomes a member. And then second, this floating material, whenever they end up... Uh, I don't know if it's right whenever they invent the the flight rings. Yes. But eventually it's said that this material here is what Brainiac 5 used oh, to create the flight rings. They don't yeah. have flight rings yet. No, so they start oh. off with like jetpacks, and then eventually they get flight belts. So at this oh. point, I think they still are wearing flight belts. You just don't ever like actually see them unless they're talking about them that explains when chameleon boy did it kind of did his drop the mic and leave Superboy. he he flew out of the window with a flight pack and i was kind of like what where does this come from and, you know because i'm used to the flight rings but okay they didn't have the flight rings in the beginning i see okay that's yeah exactly i'm kind of curious when they came in i'm going to try to see if i can google it real quick this is what we do here on the uh legion omnicom right yeah that's <laughs> it and and so um okay so this element he created is what they use for the flight rings, basically. In, yeah, I'm not in, certain if that's, like, when they're introduced, they say that, but I know eventually they kind of retcon it, at least. Wow. It's very, yeah. So, it's... yeah, the flight rings don't come in until 329, so about 25 issues. Okay, which is just over two years, isn't it? Because it's a monthly comic. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, all right, and then, basically... Da, 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 maybe he's got he's got some dark secret in his past because it alludes to this character Marvel Boy is going to come and tell them tomorrow. 
Um, and then he's like, sorry, I'm late. I visited the planet Daxum longer than I intended. And then he just does the Scooby-Doo reveal where he pulls off a mask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just... Because I was thinking, how are they going to, like, how is this going to be mon Like, how are they going to reveal it? But I didn't... I forgot, like, how basic they were back in those days. And he just pulls off the mask and it's mon <laughs> Um, You guessed it. Off with my disguising plastic mask and wig. Uh, and then Brainiac... Five is like, I knew it all the time, ha ha. His fictitious name, Lemon, is Monel, spelled backwards in an anagram. Get it? Um, yeah, exactly. Like, um, he uh, also, they say earlier, he calls himself Legionnaire Lemon, and he's like, well, you can't call yourself Legionnaire if you're not a Legionnaire. Yes. Uh, but Monel, at this point, he actually, I didn't realize this, but he became a Legionnaire in issue 300, right. even though he stayed in the Phantom Zone. Yes. So this isn't actually the issue that he joins the Legion, but it's where he comes out of the Phantom Zone. It's when he comes out of the Phantom Zone, and then it's um, revealed that Brainiac 5 gave him the serum. So it's a pretty big issue in terms of Monel. Like it's, it's literally from this point onwards, he's out of the Phantom Zone, yeah? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, a, it's a big moment. Um, they so, did the yeah. prank because he didn't want... Uh, they didn't want to disappoint the other legionnaires if the serum didn't end up working yes. after the trial period. Yeah. So that's the reason for all the shenanigans. Yes, indeed. And I, I also feel because they enjoy shenanigans in the Legion. Um, I have that too. <laughs> that's, uh, the experiment 24 hours are up and I feel great. See, this piece of lead doesn't hurt me in the least. So basically lead that doesn't hurt him anymore. Is that right? Like That's what he says, but I know later on yeah. he... They say that he has to take, like, uh, an occasional dose. Right. Okay. Yeah, which would make sense. I mean, because otherwise he doesn't have any weaknesses. He doesn't... He's not weak to kryptonite or, le- or lead. Yeah, exactly. So he's pretty much more powerful than Superboy at this point. Yes, indeed. Um, it's interesting that they felt they needed another Superboy. Or maybe they were sort of like, we don't want to have Superboy all the time in the future but we want to have sort of a character as powerful as that, you know? Yeah, and I think that they get around the uh, unique power rule because they have so many different powers that, you know, Superboy, you're in the Legion because you have X-ray, or, you know, X-ray vision. And Monel, your superpower is super flight, even though they yeah. are actually redundant. Yes, indeed. And I mean, come on, like, you know, you, they're two of your heaviest hitters, obviously, as well, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, who, that's Colossal Boy. Is it standing by Cosmic Boy when he says "great" and he's like "terrific"? I'll bet you'll never want to see the Phantom Zone again. Is that is that not Bouncing Boy? Is that Bouncing Boy? Yeah, that's Bouncing Boy. Yeah, and next to him is Sun Boy. Yeah, correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. Okay, I'm just getting all my names down now. Yeah, um, Bouncing Boy is always drawn a little bit more rotund. Yes, so a bit more rotund. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of when I said it. I, I meant Bouncing Boy. He's the one oh, who yeah. gets with um, Triplicate Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. He really punches above his, above his weight, old bouncing boy. It, yeah, he does. Uh, you know, triplicate girl. There's always certain implications with her uh, among the fan base. You know, because she can split into three. So of yes. course, she'd be the one that you would, you know, want to hook up with. Sure. And the fact that he's like the schlubby fanboy. Yes, indeed. Well, good. Good luck to him. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, and it's kind of a recap, really. Of he recaps what the issue that we read. Yeah, he's recapping it to the... Oh, hold on. There's a cat outside that got oh, pissed sure. off, so... Oh, it kind of made me jump, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's recapping the issue to uh, 
the Phantom Zone criminals. So I guess yes. in a thousand years he never told them that story. No. Uh, yeah. And they're like, but really yeah, basically saying, off. "I'm not coming back." Screw yeah. you guys. And they're super pissed off as well, like those Phantom Zone criminals. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think one of them's supposed to be Zod. Uh, right. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, it's pretty cool part of Superman lore, the whole Phantom Zone and, like, the characters coming out of it. I can see why they did it for Superman 2, you know, because um, they're some of the most powerful of his rogues, really. Cause they're yeah, it is. Um, you know, you kind of wish, though, because then they did Man of Steel and you're like, oh, yeah, Phantom Zone criminals, that makes yeah. sense for the villains, but, you know, I don't think either of us were huge fans of... Man of Steel. No, not um, really. But it's um, almost like, I wish we could see something other than Phantom Zone Criminals or yes. Lex Luthor. Yes, definitely. I mean, if you're going to do Phantom Zone, like, Criminals, please do Brainiac as well or something. You, you mix it up. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, just Parasite. Do... I thought he was cool. Parasite's cool. Parasite's very cool. Um, And totally un- undone in movies. So, for a lot of audiences, would be completely new, basically. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, so... Interesting, um, and then he's basically recapping it, which we know, and then it ends with only one thing spoils my happiness, the fact that Lightning Lady isn't alive to rejoice with me. Somewhere, somehow, uh, perhaps on my homeworld of Daxam, I'll find a way of, res- I'll find a means of restoring him to life again, and uh, in memory of Lightning Lad, the first Legion to perish in action. Um, yeah, and it kind of sets it up for a potential sequel where Monel's going to um, assist in the recovery yeah. of Lightning Lad. So I first read this, I think it was Adventure Comics 408 was like a, a reprint yep. book, and it reprinted four stories. It was The Death of Lightning Lad, this story, and the one that I talked about that was an imposter, and then his actual return. So it was like four issues, and it's kind of like a saga, I guess, of his yes. return, You know, even though this is kind of loosely tied in. Yeah. You almost would have thought that they would have thought suspected that maybe lightning lad was the one that was coming back since they're trying to tease his return but they didn't really do that i guess it would be the next issue whereas i think i think what i i I mean viewing it from a perspective of now and a long a long way away from the ball i get the feeling that in legion it was a they were trying to be slightly slightly more sophisticated in their storytelling the audience base was probably slightly growing up a little bit Mm-hmm. And they were starting to sort of like lengthen stories out and create story arcs, you know, very early days of that kind of style. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at this point, they've really only had a feature for six issues, which is interesting, though. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but maybe it's reflective of the of the fan base that was reading Superboy, for example. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. Um, like just like comics were starting to grow up a little bit, and I don't mean that in the like grim and gritty way. I just mean that in in storytelling conventions, they were starting to be slightly more than just something you would read and throw away immediately. And you know, um, the format was just starting to find its legs a little bit more. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked earlier about how they would you reuse the stories and then just change the names sometimes yes. because they assume the kids would be gone. Here, it's almost like they're like, hey, you better be back next month because this is a big deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lightning Lad's coming back. Which, I mean, from even in the 80s when I was picking up comics, we're still, I was still doing that. Like, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was all about, like you'd read an issue and it would end up with sort of a cliffhanger and you're like, you know, you want to come back for this or they'd close an arc but sort of say, but in the future this could, there'll be more to come, you know what I mean? Like there was always that thread to try to make you buy the next issue. 
Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So this was about 1961 as well, wasn't it? This couldn't have been too far away from that Superboy issue. Um, let's see, it was 1963. So a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. And definitely... Yeah, marked. like I said, he'd made some small appearances as, like, any time the Phantom Zone came up, or there was, I think, two other two or three other Legion stories that he featured in. Right, okay. Well, I mean, look, I, I thought it was a good issue. Um, I'd probably give it 7.5. Um, yeah, you read my mind, man. I was going to say that too. Yeah, yeah, good issue. And, this I mean, was... and a good one to read. I love reading. I don't know if you call it a keystone issue or what. It, what's the word to describe those issues? But it, it's an important issue because it's Monel coming out of the Phantom Zone and becoming a full Legionnaire in the flesh. You know? Yeah, it's a key Monel story. You asked me to try to come up with some key Monel stories because you wanted to maybe learn more about them. It seemed like. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so this was one of the ones on the list that I thought, you know, we'd want to hit. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, very, very enjoyable. Um, now then we're turning to the more, much more modern uh, comic, which is Bendis's first six issues of Legion. Now, I believe you were saying, Adam, there was a lead-up series called Millennium, which had the Rose character in it. Yeah, it was actually uh, in the trade. It's the trade's called Legion of Superheroes Millennium, and it has the two issues of Millennium. But unfortunately, those two issues are all about Rose, and then the Legion doesn't even show up until the last couple of pages. And yeah. to me, you know, it's right. kind of disappointing to the point that I when I did I suggested that you just skip them. I know. did skip them. I didn't read them at all. Yeah. And she's barely in it. I mean, she is in it, but only as a legion kind of... Um, exactly. Uh, you know, like, uh, what do you even call her? Liaison. Liaison, yeah. And um, she does almost nothing, basically. Um, well, the thing is, too, in the Millennium story, we just see her... You know, there's all these different future-type stories of the Legion. Yes. Uh, you know, like Omac and Booster Gold are all in the future. And this series was kind of laying them out in sequence for us. And we were following Rose through time, but we never really got what her mission was. Mm. We know that by the end of it that she does have a mission, but it, we're 10 issues into the Legion of Superheroes book, and we still don't know. So, I don't know. And I don't care as well, you know? <laughs> exactly, um, but it's it's just frustrating. Like, why was that book out? Uh, and if you were going to do it, make the purpose of it like clear, I guess. Wasn't but, the whole point of it that you got to see from the from our present to the Legion, all the changes that DC Universe had, like the apocalypses and the command of the last boy on Earth and all that stuff. It was, but if you're going to do that and it's going to be about those apocalypses, maybe just call the book Millennium. Don't call it Legion of Superheroes Millennium just because they're the destination to me. Good point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Yeah. one thing that was interesting, though, is... uh, we kind of, when this team was coming around, this three boot, a lot of the fans were excited because it's been like six or seven years since we've had a Legion book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would get like covers or we'd get pages and we'd see all these Legionnaires and it was kind of hard to place who was who because mm-hmm. they all look kind of like their old versions, but some of them look really des- drastically different. So yeah. it was kind of fun as a Legion fan to try to place who was who and discover who was who. How are you on all the changes? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, like the designs? Yeah, or... uh, look, I, I, I just, I'm 
you know, I'm so mixed on this book because I think it's quite decent and I think the art's awesome. I, I really think that the art helps this book a lot. Um, the six issues that we read, but I don't know, like with all, not just the race changes, but it just like Cosmic Boy's haircut and I don't know, there was just a lot going on where I'm like, I'm not sure if these changes are better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, most know. of the redesigns, yeah, there's some of them that I really like. There's some that I like now that I've gotten used to them. Mm. There's some that I don't really like. But, um, you know, being through the, the reboot, the three boot, yeah. and then now this one, and, you know, even the retro boot to a point, yeah. uh, I'm kind of just used to it, I guess. Yeah, but there's some yeah. things I don't like, like Mad Reader Lad is like a giant beefy guy. Mm. I don't care for that. No. Um, I will say the art... And, like, the colouring, it, it is beautiful. Like, the first page, the Bloodhaven sewer system, even. Mm -hmm. I, as soon as I opened it, I guess because I've been reading so many old comics, I opened it up and I was like, wow, this looks really good, you know? Um, yeah, Ryan Sook is somebody that doesn't normally do interior art, mm. so I feel really fortunate to have him on the Legion. He's excellent. Um, he's really excellent. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of fill-in stuff, and people complain about that, but, you know, I kind of understand that when artists aren't used to working on a monthly basis. But we get some great covers from him, some great art from him. Yeah, I, th I think he's good. Um, Now, do you want to take us through sort of like, I don't know if we need to do every every issue in excruciating detail, but... Sure. Do you yeah, want to I don't take, either. Yeah, do you want to take us through the basic pitch, then we'll go issue by issue just like structurally? Um, you know, like we'll, we'll sort of do big pitch on each issue kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, so first starting out, I just, for, I guess, an FYI, the team that Bendis chose was basically from Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad, the founders, yes. all the way through to Invisible Kid 2 and White Witch, which is about the team that uh, we see in the Great Darkness Saga. Mm hmm so that's who he chose to use. He didn't choose anybody after that. There were like five people that joined after that in the original Levitt's run. But this, I think, is a good sampling of kind of what people think of as the Legion. Mm -hmm. um, he did exclude a few. So the first Invisible Kid isn't here. Um, uh, Chemical King, Tyrock, they didn't make it in. But they're kind of not used a lot anyway in the old continuity. Uh, and then he adds like, uh, seven new members or five, uh, five to seven new members that he created. So that's just for a little context. Was Gold Lantern new or was like. that an old one? Who's that? Gold Lantern? Uh, yeah, he's new. The only Lantern that we've ever really seen with the Legion before was the one that you saw in the yes. yeah. Crisis of Three or, or yeah, Crisis that, on Three Wars. That kind of sort of redeemed evil one or whatever he was. Uh, he wasn't evil, but his dad was evil. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this Gold Lantern guy is new, and actually he's kind of a big deal because issue six, he gets kind of like a bit of a spotlight, mm. and his that issue kind of blew up where it was selling for like 30 bucks, 50 bucks on really? eBay. Wow. Um, so it brought a lot of good attention in the book, even though it was annoying that it was just speculators mm. not even realizing that the character had appeared in like seven or eight issues before that one. But that's, that's anyway. <laughs> He was, cool that issue. he was cool in that issue, though, I thought. Uh, yeah, I think so. We still don't know anything about him, and there's something that kind of irks me about that part, but I'll let I'll cover that when we get okay. to it. Okay, all right. 
Uh, yeah, so we see the Bloodhaven sewer system, and we're on Planet Gotham. So right away, we're kind of like, Planet Gotham, what's going on here? Um, a shadowy figure, he's chasing a rocket ship. Um, jump forward a few pages, and the shadowy figure gets blasted, and uh, his cloak comes off, and we see that he has Ultra Boy symbols. So we know that this is Ultra Boy. This was kind of a hard one to pin because he looks kind of different because he's more like skinny and blonde and there's a lot more green in his costume. I didn't but... like the redesign compared to the original. I, th- I prefer the original design of Ultra Boy. Oh, yeah, I prefer the original too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm getting used to it. Uh, but we see that he is trying to get this artifact and the person he's trying to get it from is Mordru. Mm. Pretty drastic redesign for Mordru, who he describes as a gangster magician, I think. A demon gangster. Demon gangster, and Whereas yeah. the original Mordru was like a flat-out magician, wasn't he? Exactly. And, it, you know, you kind of get the idea that he doesn't know uh, a whole lot about this guy, you no. know. Yeah. We see a bit more of him as we go through. I've got a question but, for you. Mm-hmm, we turn yeah. the page and you get Wildfire, who I, you know, I love. And you get mm-hmm. Karate Kid. Um, is it just me, or is Karate Kid with that bald sort of Yul Brynner look? It's almost a bit Bendis light in the face. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Bendis recently? God, he looks like a Walking Death. Ever since yeah, he, he lost, lost all a lot weight. of weight. Yeah, um, and he almost died as well. He had a really bad d- disease. My God, he doesn't look healthy. You know. <laughs> He really doesn't. Like, yeah, I could see that. He looks bad, like as in un- like unhealthy. I feel bad for him. Like whatever he had, that disease he had really knocked him around. You know, like he was blinded for a while. Yeah, he was in a bad sort. That was right as he was coming to DC. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, some kind of like necrotic, or yeah. I guess is it necrotic, like tissue in his head. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. 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 Poor guy. Um, but yeah, you, like you mentioned, there's Karate Kid and Wildfire. How do you like Wildfire's design? Uh, prefer, prefer the kind of original or the fucking Legion Lost. It's not too bad though. But uh, again, I, I just think, why did you redesign it? Cause this redesign isn't any better, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think I read once that one of the, um, one of the directives that was handed down about the Legion is it has to be different and new. So, yeah, I think right away they knew they had to redesign. But, but isn't that I agree fucking that typical? Like, different doesn't mean better. Yeah, it has to be different and new, but it's like, but it's not better. You know, and really, frankly, I would say if you put them in good stories and you redesign some bits, some of those uniforms will work 100% because the readers won't even know the originals, the new readers. You know what I mean? Like you'll you'll oh, have yeah. you'll have your Legion fan base that are, they're probably listening to Legion Outpost, who will know it and love it if you pay back the old characters. But if you give me a really good wildfire design that's straight out of like the fucking early two thousands run or whatever, readers are still going to love it now. Who who weren't familiar with it? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it exactly. It feels like they're just redesigning things just for the sake of it. Like with New Fifty Two, when they were like Jim Lee's redesigning everything, and it's like. Not much of it was better, you know? It was just different. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and yeah. It, it is kind of frustrating to me, but, you know, I'm generally kind of put off by the redesigns of the Legion, but then I end up really liking some. Like, I was really put off by the Gary Frank designs. Sure. And then, like I said, I ended up really liking those designs. But... Yeah, well, I think his his designs were better than this, you know? 
Yeah, I think so, probably, for the most part. I do like the Starboy design. I think he looks pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. He does look cool. I agree. I think yeah. the Karate Kid looks a bit stupid. I, I don't like that Karate Kid look at all. I don't really like the hair thing, but it's no. probably like a cultural thing, I guess. I know they're trying to make him seem like more Asian, whereas a lot of times people would draw him to be more Caucasian. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I, I don't think you need to make him bald to make him more Asian, though. You know? Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, they did. Uh, they do this thing here where Karate Kid introduces him and says, I am Karate Kid. Yeah. And uh, you kind of get the impression that he's being a bit of a ham. Which it kind of seems like maybe these kids in the 30th century are just kind of trying to throw back to the heroes of the 20th century. We yes. kind of get that impression throughout, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, they mention it as well that they strike poses and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, Starboy, I think, only gets two lines here in this scene, and I think that's the only lines he's had in this entire book. Right. So, wow. It's kind of like I wish they would spread out the lines and get everybody in but i get that he's working with like 40 characters yeah um so uh, we see what ultra boy retrieved well first he punches mordru in the face and then mordru's down uh and then we see what he retrieved was aquaman's trident mm. and they say it and its power has been missing for a thousand years i'm so confused of the powers of this trident like uh, this this story i was like what the fuck is going on with aquaman's trident um, yeah, they yeah. kind of lay down the fact that the Trident contains all the oceans from the Earth, okay. because the Earth, Earth was destroyed, so I guess when those got destroyed, uh, that's where the ocean went. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I guess. It's like a magical thing. Yes, indeed. Um, and then we had, uh, what have we got here? It's, it's the first appearance of Saturn Girl bringing uh, Superboy, John Kent, to the future, yeah? Yep, and I like those designs. I think they look pretty good. Mm, definitely. I mean, I I think Super Saturn Girl, at first I was a bit puzzled by her appearance, but I think she's cool. It's a very modern look. Um, I think she's been treated very well. And then you see, it's a real shame that Dawnstar's been changed, but of course it was because it's 2020, you know, and Bendis is writing it, and like, so we, <laughs> we had to take... You know what I mean? Like... There's stuff in this comic where I really rolled my eyes at Bendis being woke because it, it it's like a 45-year-old guy trying to be hip, you know? Is it is your problem that she's not drawn, like, as no, sexy as maybe? Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, and they definitely did away with it here for now, I think. They did away with it, and, you know, is, isn't that funny because when they did Superman and the Legion, they certainly embraced it, you know what I mean? Like, so... Things have changed, yeah. but and I mean, yeah. uh, look back at, uh, you know, it, it's a draw. I think it's part of the appeal, you know, for the girls and guys. Honestly, mm. like you talked about the cosmic boy mm. uh, costume last week that you didn't really like, but the truth is that there's a pretty large gay fan base, uh, right. yeah, for the Legion. Okay. So you know, well, that you makes know, people sense. love that kind of stuff. And. and- God bless them as well for that as well. Like, I mean, if that, if that's popular and the fan base is responding to it, great. But I, looking at Cosmic Boy's costume here, I don't think Cosmic Boy's costume here is much good, really. Um, like I said, Cosmic Boy's one of my favorite, and this costume has kind of grown on me. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of pink. I did like the changes to Triplicate Girl. I thought Triplicate Girl was kind of interesting how they did sort of like the uh, I slash we. And, you know, she's literally... I just thought that was an interesting sort of take. And she's kind of got, like, almost 3D glasses on. 
Yeah, and she says it's like offensive to act like they're different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I, I actually thought that was actually a pretty cool idea. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, look, I don't hate it all. The art's fantastic. Um, I wish that was a proper Superboy and not John Kent. But anyway, um, we have to. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of Superman's son mm. interacting with the Legion, but I almost wish that he was interacting with the children of the Legion or something. But then we wouldn't have the characters we like, but yeah, um, there's this weird thing with the Frickman tags. Um, so basically in the 30th century, everybody has these tags to tell what, uh, who they are and what their powers are. Mm -hmm. It's like what you would see in a comic book, but here they're actually like displayed in, in person, Yes, which it was kind of a funny little thing. And, doesn't bother me, but it was also just kind of weird. Yeah, it's definitely a, a cool artistic choice, I think. Um, I think that this book really pushes the art form a bit in terms of superhero comics with its art. I, th I think the art in this book is at times a little bit sort of envelope pushing. You know, I think it's I think it's quite brilliant, a lot of the art in this book. And I think that... that I'd was say it's some of the best art at DC at the moment. 100%. 100%. Um, it's it, it's miles better than a lot of stuff that I've seen in recent times, and um, it's good that they've got A-grade talent on it. Um, yeah, no, I think that I, I think they're cool. Um, then there's a question. I've got a question as well. Where they're talking about Metropolis, and he's going, is that glass? Is Metropolis under glass? Is that because all Earth, New Earth, is kind of sort of weirdly sort of there's no ocean and it's just almost like a space station? Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like there's sections of the Earth, like circles, that were able to be saved and put under a dome. Right. And they're all kind of attached to a core that are all sticking out. But yeah, under a dome. And the thing with John Ken, I guess, makes sense because he came around in Convergence for the first time, mm -hmm. where the whole deal was Brainiac captured segments of different continuities, and they were under a dome, and he actually grew up under a dome. So I guess that does make kind of sense for him. So why he's so about suspicious it. of it kind of thing, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And then Rose comes up, and what's annoying is that she's introducing herself here, but in the Millennium book, we see she's coming to the Earth for the first time in like a thousand years, and Superboy's already there, and they're taking pictures. So it's like the continuity doesn't really add up there, which isn't a big deal, but it's like, Bendis, this is your book, and it just came out last month. <laughs> sorry, what, sorry, what are you saying? What, what, what is the... Um... So Rose comes up and introduces herself here like she's already established and with the Legion. Yeah. But if you go back to the Millennium book that he did that came out the month before, mm. we see that Rose is coming to the to Earth for the first time to meet the Legion, and the Legion is already there, and Superboy's already with them. Ah, oh, I see. So it's like well, there's pathetic. no continuity between that page to this, and it's like it's the same writer that's and artist, so that's why? That's absolutely pathetic. Bendis does that a lot. There's a lot of times where he'll write something that doesn't quite add up like that, or there'll be a line that somebody says, and you just can't quite figure out what they're trying to say or what they mean, and that yeah. kind of thing drives me nuts with him. I think it's because he rushes. I think he rushes to yeah. get books out, and I don't think he has the quality control at all. I think he's just very much like, get the pages out, get it done. Um, we'll just keep moving, keep moving the ball. Hope that yeah, happens. and it's not a huge deal, so I shouldn't make a big deal out of it. But it's also just like just irks you when you're reading it, and you're just like it takes it you out of the story. Up. It takes you out of the story. 
you know? Exactly. Um, and he thinks he's in Metropolis, but they find out this is Legion headquarters. This entire city is Legion headquarters, yes. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I hope they do more with that, but anyway. Then we zoom out and we see the Earth, and it was like you said, there's all these domes, and they're all kind of seem to be attached to a core. This is kind of an idea he stole. I won't say stole, but he lifted from the five years later stuff, Mm -hmm. because at one point there's a part where the entire Earth is destroyed, and they just live on segments of it that are all kind of attached. So that's kind of where he got this idea from. Cool idea. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that issue in the five years later, I think you would like because uh, it's when Sandman was big. So death actually comes in, and oh, really? she's like crying a tear as the Earth gets destroyed. Really, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. And they can't use, you know, they can't use Sandman and Death that Neil Gaiman's approval, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I don't know if it was different back then because that would have been like as the book was coming out still. Cool. And I noticed that, the, see, I found this confusing. And then uh, I guess, I mean, we can talk spoilers. At the end of this issue or end of this arc, the trident then reestablishes the earth. So there is still a sort of globe around it, which. Yeah, I'd know, say there's, yeah, I don't know. Which it gets filled out, though. That's what I found so confusing. And then it's like the, the ocean's fill it out and what, and then the earth's back. I, I, I just still can't fathom. I mean, there was more to the Earth than just these cities. Yeah, I would say that there's something, you know, it's not like the Earth is back as we know it. It's basically the ocean is back, and so right. maybe these things are, you know, the, these land things. Yeah, I don't know. It's just basically I see. Okay. these land masses with ocean around it, I Got guess. It. Okay, or well, that makes a bit more sense. But um, yeah. so I still didn't know that Aquaman's Trident had these kind of powers, like... <laughs> I think in the Jeff John stuff, it does have some kind of powers. I don't know about this specifically. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. um, it, it is a fairly impressive... I think it's a pretty cool idea about the Earth being segmented like this and stuff, you know? Because um, it, it has yeah. been a thousand years. Like, it has been a yeah. long time, and there have been apocalypses since, which kind of pulls into question, why bother with the heroes of the 21st century, you know? Because it all ends in apocalypse and everything, anyway. Good point, yeah. And uh, maybe that's part of the interesting thing about the Millennium thing, because you could see, you know, maybe the Earth would be fine, and then it would be this disaster, and then things would kind of recover, and you'd have more of a utopian thing, and then there'd be a disaster. Yeah. So maybe Bendis is setting the tone that, you know, maybe maybe things are going to start looking more like the five-year-later Legion again. Yeah, yeah. But what I like, too, is that all these Legionnaires always, maybe it's a little cheesy, but they always kind of travel around together. Like, there's 30-some people, but they're all flying around together, Mm. Um, which is cool for me as a Legion fan, because I get to see the Legionnaires more. Yeah. uh, Which would be a terrible amount of work for uh, Ryan Sook. I sometimes got confused as if, if they were all in the same place, or if some of them were broadcasting in, like, holograms. You know? Yeah, that's possible. It sounds like a 30th century thing. Yeah, I, I just, I, I got a bit confused. You're saying that they're flying all around together. Okay. Um, well, to me, I don't, I don't see anything that necessarily indicates that they'd be holograms, but yes. you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then we had the basically we get past all that, and we have the president, and which I found was a really interesting reveal. Um, the the president's really annoyed that Superman or Superboy has been pulled out of the time stream. 
Um, well, yeah, first the Legion under attack by the Horaz, which were the yes. people that had the Trident earlier. But yes. yeah, now the president, I just thought I'd mention that. Mm. And But yeah, the president is R.J. Brand, which you should recognize that name from... Yeah, I know R.J. Brand, the, the guy okay. who was assassinated, well, they prevented the assassination of to originally start the Legion and was then exposed to be a, um, what is it, Durlan? Or Durlan, or have you said Yeah, Durlan. Uh, a chameleon boy's race. Um, in one of the stories we read, I think it wasn't it. Yeah, that was in the uh, Crisis on Three Earths. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and um, I I had no idea. I always thought R.J. Brown was kind of like the financier behind the Legion or something, and um, I, I he generally he is. Yeah. This was a different take where he doesn't even. He seems like he's almost at odds with the Legion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like or he's she, a politi- politician kind of thing, you know. Yeah, she's uh, like the leader of the United Planets, I believe, which R.J. Brand was at times in the original continuity as well. I've got a question for you. Like, hmm? Jeff Johns did all this work to reestablish the classic Legion. Was that all thrown away because of New 52? <sighs> um, so, no, because the the original Legion stuff, some people would say it's different, but the New 52 stuff was largely continued from the Jeff Johns stuff. Right. With Paul Levitt's writing. So what's um, this, though? Because this is completely different. Okay, so I can kind of explain that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he brought it back. It uh, lasted throughout the New 52 until the book got canceled, like, two years into the New 52. Mm. Uh, from there, we kind of saw another story written by Jeff Lemire where they kind of looked like the New 52 version, but they kind of ignored some of the details. Right. So I'm not really sure what was up with that, but it doesn't really matter. But then the Legion was kind of away out of main continuity for a long time until they started getting teased in Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. So the speculation is that Jeff Johns actually held up the return of the Legion because he uh, had it tied in with Doomsday Clock, which you haven't read yet. So there's going to be a little bit of a spoiler. That's fine. Go ahead. Okay, good. Um so one of the premises behind Doomsday Clock is that do, uh, Miss Dr. Manhattan is messing with time yes. or messing with the history of the DC universe. Um, so one thing he does is take the lantern away from Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Mm. And in that uh, continuity, Green Lantern was kind of considered the first superhero. I don't know if you realize that, but once Superman was retconned to be, you know, mm. uh, a, a 20th century hero, the oldest one that was kind of left behind was Alan Scott Green Lantern, right? Yeah. With his roots in the Golden Age. Um, so that had the effect of Superman not having the JSA to look up to as a kid, uh-huh. which also led to not leading to him being the inspiring hero and that's why the new 50 soup the new 52 superman wasn't as good as the previous superman right. which led to him not inspiring everyone so that the legion would exist oh i see right okay so dr manhattan by eliminating the jsa eliminated the inspiration for superman eliminated the inspiration for the legion why did, why did dr manhattan um like care about the, I don't know, like the Jason. Uh, like, like, he's kind of just tinkering. He had a fascination with Superman. Right, okay. Uh, issue 10 of Doomsday Clock is 
like people were raving about it and loved it. Even people that didn't really like the book loved that issue. Right. Okay. Um, so that's where I would point you to to kind of get well, more context. Uh, I've but... actually got both hardcovers now. So my my yeah. I, I had hardcover two, but I was waiting on hardcover one, and it, it arrived. So I'm actually going to read the whole thing. I read the first issue okay. a couple of nights ago, so I'm going to read through the whole thing. Yeah, that, I love that sounds it. interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't mean to sound like a dismissive, but that seems interesting. No, you're fine. You know? Yeah, I just meant that it, I kind of have trouble, I guess, remembering it because it's such a dense book. So all but... this bullshit meant that this version of Legion exists because the the previous one doesn't exist because of the repercussions of the Doctor Manhattan's tinkering. Basically. Yeah, so actually in Doomsday Clock number 12, when things get put back into place and the lantern is returned, uh, we see the Legion comes back, and now it looks like this Legion. And we get to see a page of Gary Frank oh, drawing this Legion. I see, I see. So, yeah, I see. So it's adjusted the future, which I guess makes sense, because the Legion always does adjust for the current timeline, and they even point it out in this story. Brainiac 5 makes mention of that, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. They're always kind of shifting based on what's going on and are, you know, in the important cool. books, quote-unquote. Yeah, I, look, I, I get that must be very frustrating for Legion fans, but it's a cool concept, you know? Yeah, me as a Legion fan, I enjoy that. But, you know, I also enjoyed when Jeff Johns was like, yeah. it all counts, it all happened. Yeah. Which, you know, I hope after Bendis leaves or maybe Bendis in his run will kind of do something similar where he's like, look, yeah. that other team is still out there. I hope Bendis leaves. Still... Like, uh, Bendis is okay on this, but only okay. The art's very good. I just, I think I said to you offline, I hope a more competent writer can take it up, you know? Yeah, I'm conflicted on it because there's definitely things I don't like about it, but it's also like I'm very anxious for it every month, you know. So that you know, that's a good thing oh, for me. Oh. Um, right, but yeah, well, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, two. Well, yeah, I don't mind it. I just feel it could be done better. I also feel uh, like I really do feel these six issues stretch it out ridiculously. And, and Bendis's defense will be: I had to reintroduce them all. It's like you could have put them on an adventure and start off with a small cast. You know, and exactly, build, and, and we don't really get that. to know him that well. Yeah, exactly. You went wide scope, and you didn't really give a lot of. There wasn't really a lot of great moments. So I always say, I remember uh, Daniel Linos was talking about um, recording an album with Bob Dylan, Oh Mercy, and Bob wanted his whole band, and he wanted, you know, he he wanted to cover up for his own sort of flaws, and and Daniel Linos said, no, start small, start with like a little box. Just do it in a little box, like it, almost like a camera, just just you, and we'll build around that as it goes. You know, rather than starting with everyone there and everyone's playing over each other, you start small on adventure and then you build out from there, and that way you actually establish genuine connection with the characters and stuff. Um, That's doesn't why seem I. To oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say, Bendis doesn't seem to understand that. He just goes for this wide scope approach, and it, I don't know. It just it just he chews up issues with not much happening. Yeah, that's why I was going to say, um, like, if you compare this first issue with the first issue of the three-boot stuff, mm. I think the three-boot stuff is much stronger because you get a sense of what their mission is. You get a sense of who a lot of their uh, the characters are and what they're doing and what was different about the Legion, where uh, I actually hold that in pretty high regard compared to this, where I think this is still entertaining but I think I told you, like, when I was reading the first couple issues over, you know, for this, um, I was kind of pulling my hair out at yeah. some of the dialogue stuff that was just kind of driving me nuts. Yeah, you were and struggling. Just not a lot happening. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I hear you. 
Um, then we go, I really don't like Cosmic Boy's haircut in the start of um, issue two. I think it looks really terrible, actually. I mean, I, I get that maybe some people like that, but I don't. I don't like it either. Um, at first, Lightning Lad had that same haircut, and he was, you know, red-haired Lightning Lad. But then there was this whole thing where they uh, changed him, like, at the last minute to make him black. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that I saw recently about that was Brad Meltzer actually had that idea when they were doing the retro boot. Yeah. They wanted him to be tied in with Black Lightning. And so now, I guess oh, maybe fuck. that's what really? he is. Jesus. Okay. That's, um... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know how to describe that other than cheesy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say that it makes Black Lightning seem like a much more important character to have that kind of enduring legacy. Yeah. Is is this... Um, I've got a question for you. On page two of issue two, the big splash page, is that yeah. Lightning Lad saying, come on, he can handle this, he's Superboy? Yep. What is going on with his hair? Because uh, He's got kind of like a... Yeah, you know, it's just a bad picture, I think. You yeah, know, I think it's supposed to be like the light from him, and yeah. it's just kind of making his hair look a little bit off. It's just not a great, uh, not a great picture. It's it's not Ryan Sook's finest hour. That that depiction <laughs> for the side profile. Um, That's fair. There's a lot going on here, though. To be fair, there is a lot going um, on, and that to his back is Ayla. Uh-huh. There's a lot of speculation in this series because there's some weird things going on. Mm. Ayla is his twin sister, right? So she's normally light last yes. or lightning last. Yes. Yes. Here she seems to be doing some kind of either light powers, like actual like making things lighter, or maybe she's projecting light. Do we know that traditionally she has the her same power powers? is lightning or making things light? Do we know she has the same powers? I know there was a there's an origin of the two of them where she's the more disgruntled one. Um, yeah, the thing is that throughout the book she seems to like her powers seem to change. So there's speculation if there's actually two or. Yeah, that he has two sisters on the Legion, but okay. we just haven't really gotten any confirmation. And we do know that traditionally his planet, there's like, they're like twins, yeah? Yeah, exactly, and we see that a little bit later too. Is that Winneth? Is that right? Winneth, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Thank you. There you go. See, I'm, not, I'm getting better at this, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Some people say Wynath. Okay. Some people say Winnath. Well, we do know that like two lightning lads in, um, in Legion of Three Worlds pronounced differently, remember? Exactly. That was pretty Depending funny. on the version. I like Satin Girl. I like her redesigner. I'm a big fan of Satin Girl. Um, I do wish that she had the symbol on her chest, though. Yeah, it's kind of like a blown-up version, right? So that's supposed to be, like, the ring that kind of goes along her left side, and then the planet's on her right arm. Right. Okay, well... But yeah, you kind of have to squint. But uh, I like her, too. She's always kind of one of my favorites. She's actually... In my project where I was recording all the appearances of the Legion, she has the most appearances out of any Legionnaire. I'm not surprised. She's one of the founders, um, and she's, I think, one of the best characters. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. For sure. Um, but, yeah, they're fighting the Horaz, who is the team, or the group of people that were trying to get the, um, the what's it called, Trident yes. earlier. Yeah. And they're keeping it away, and there's a lot of banter and stuff that we're just going to kind of skip over. Yes. Um, and then but they, they keep trying to get Superboy to listen to the orientation. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that is Bendis, fucking typical Bendis as well. Like, yeah. you, you know that there's going to be an issue coming up with the orientation, but he, he just thinks he's so clever. Like, I'm going to show them the world without the orientation, before the orientation. Like, it's so obvious, Bendis, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good for the reader to know that like we are going to get around to 
showing you how we got here. Yeah. And stick around. But yeah, it did kind of silly. It's just the way they kept mentioning it, I think, was annoying me. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Venice is very hammy, basically. Um, yeah, at times. Yeah, he can be very hammy. And uh, Wildfire gets some good moments, like fighting and stuff. Like, I, I, I don't hate this redesign. I, I don't like it as much as the original, but I don't hate it. Um, and I think because it skews quite close to the original, you know? Yeah, Wildfire is always kind of the same. You know, whenever you, he got redesigned, he was the one that you could kind of pick out and be like, well, that's definitely Wildfire. Yes, definitely. Because Sunboy looks really drastically different, and you yes. almost could have thought that he could be um, Wildfire, but no. Right, uh, so, yeah, we see that they accidentally trigger the trident when yes. they're fighting, and there's a big splash, and it's it takes out funny. everybody. You see, is it who is the pink girl? Is that duplicate or sorry, triplicate girl giving uh, you know mouth to mouth to herself? herself? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, she's one of my yeah, favorites. I, I, I really like her actually. Um, I do too. She's one that I've found throughout all the different iterations of the Legion that I've always quite liked. Yeah, she's cool. I I, I like Brainiac as well. I mean, he's always pretty solid. Then we get a fucking Rose Legion liaison going to. It's almost like they need to give Rose something to do after making. Well, that's what's confusing too. Is like, what exactly is her status? Is she a member? Is she like, like I said, the liaison or whatever? She works for them. She says, "I work with, or should I say, for the Legion." Um, She was just a weird pool because she's an established DC character that Bendis took into doing uh, Legion stuff with. Yeah. I know. Oh. And she was kind of a villain, wasn't she? Uh, she's kind of got like a duplicate or, you know, multiple personalities, and one of them's kind of like vicious okay. well, anti-hero. Anyway, so she's talking to the president, um, and they're just sort of arguing, really. I mean, you know, and she's threatening. The president sort of wants to have more control over the Legion, it seems. Yeah, because the Legion wasn't supposed to go back in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, seems kind of dumb that they did, but... Anyway, and um, the president's weird. Like, you, can, you can't work out... You, you do realise later on she's just a politician, which is what Saturn Girl says. Like, she really only cares about herself and what the Legion can do for her and her profile. Yeah, I remember last issue, there was a real scene, weird scene with her where at the very end of the issue, there's a panel of just her face with no dialogue. And it's almost like they left out a dialogue balloon. I don't know what that was about. But, yeah, this early stuff with the president is pretty weird. Yes. I guess it's to make it more interesting, though, and, like, play with the concept of RJ Brand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, it, 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 it builds a bit of intrigue. Um, they're running all these tests about the trident of Aquaman. Um, and then it's kind of funny because I'm, they go, who wants to go to heaven? And this was cool. The Legion's all-purpose consumption hall featuring the unique cuisine and rare foodstuffs from each of the United Planets. And so they're, they're just all there and kind of they're like a big mess hall where all the all the food is. I thought that was actually pretty cool. I really liked that um, as part of their headquarters and the name was really cool. And seeing all the Legionnaires together. Yeah, and this is part of the... This is what Bendis got right and I think the artist got right. It really does have a feeling of a clubhouse in the future... Um, which was always the biggest, you know, attraction of the Legion. So, in, in a way, Bendis and, and I guess Ryan Silk really got the spirit of the Legion in these panels. I felt. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, 
I think that was a good thing to call attention to. Uh, it just feels like a bunch of kids kind of hanging out. Yeah. No parents around and all that. Exactly. And um, it's cool. I mean, so this is actually probably one of my favorite bits. Um, you then get um, you get Saturn Girl, who doesn't mind going into people's minds at all. Um, she's sort of mentioning that Superboy doesn't remember, he doesn't remember her name. And he's... Um, He's trying to remember um, everyone's names without the tags. Um, yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a reference to how a lot of new readers would be. You yeah. know, it's kind of overwhelming with all the different people. Yes. Um, now, you said that's Ultra Boy. Is that right? With the sort of brown hair and blonde tips and the uh, green outfit. Is that is that Ultra Boy? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was. I. Where does Timberwolf come from? What 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 planet? A planet called Zune. Okay, where his Ultra Boy comes from, Rimbol, yeah? Rimbol, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. And his dad is kind of a bad guy. Um, yeah, we see that. He's kind of behind the Horaz. Yes. Looking for the... But you really don't see what the relationship is between the Horaz and his dad. I don't know if they're just hired mercenaries, I guess. I kind of got that impression. That yeah. there's sort of like an alliance of enemies, you know? Like yeah. The enemy of my enemies, my friend. Um, and then anyway, they break off to go on different missions though. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, they're going to planet Gotham. Superboy's got to do the orientation. And then he's like, planet Gotham. I mean, now I have to go get him. And (laughs) it's kind of funny. He then takes a time bubble and he appears, um, to Damian Wayne, to Robin, who obviously they have a relationship. Um, and he's saying, come with me in the future. Yeah, to me, this feels like something that maybe you do in the second arc. Yeah. Like, we he's barely been there. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it shows his immaturity and all that, but yeah, I don't know. Well, um, I mean, as a Damian Wayne fan, I was kind of excited by it, but they don't do much with him. Um, barely know. speaks. Yes, I know. It's He, he turns up. Um, I'm going into issue three. We see... Um, I do like I Am Dawn Star Grell. That was pretty on the nose. Yeah, I was going to say, I like when they do, like, uh, stuff like that, but at the same time, sometimes when they do it so often, like, I remember uh, Tom King made this new tower, and Batman, he called it Finger Tower. Oh, yeah. Oh, they do that all the time. You're going down the dumbest-ass name for a tower. It just sounds so weird to me. (laughs) Oh, they love doing it in Batman. You're you're going down Dixon Lane, and you're in fucking Englehart Avenue, and, you know, like, it's just... I, I think a little bit of that goes a long way, you know? Yeah, it kind of, like, throws me out. Yeah, it does. It of does. the story. Look, I, I like it as a tribute to the creators, don't get me wrong, but when they plaster it all through one story, I think yeah. it's really cheesy, frankly, you know? Exactly. Um, anyway, we, we have... Um, it's kind of weird. Like, Dawn Star saying she's got a deep connection to the 13th century? Yeah, I think they just mean, like... Certain Native yeah. American stuff, I guess. Oh, okay, right. And then, but that was interesting. Um, I guess that, like, I hate to be cynical, but is that Bendis's way of trying to write around the fact that it's a Native American pastiche character, you know? Hey, I would say that he's embracing it, at least. I, I'm a bit more if cynical. that's what you mean. I think that's a bit, I'm a bit more cynical. I think it's his desperate attempt to try to not be lynched, you know? Um, oh, I see what you mean. Like, it, <laughs> oh, it's not offensive. That's what. You yeah, know, yeah, you. yeah. Like, I hate that kind of stuff where it's like, okay, we're gonna. Mendes does it all the time. He tries to be so fucking politically correct when he's talking, 
and it just comes across as really false to me, you know? Yeah, um, I will say I don't know for sure, but I think there might be some kind of history about that previously, you know, it being tied to that. But yeah, he definitely wants to call it out, even though, like, she's hardly a character at this point. Yeah, I know, I know. It is what it is. I I know it's 2020, and I know Bendis will probably be like, oh, yeah, I really sincerely believe, like, we've mistreated the Native Americans. I get it, Bendis, but, like, your walking on eggshells approach actually annoys me. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, anyway, that's just my personal gripe about that. Uh, we I have, hear you. We have Krav. Um, for me, not a particularly successful character. I didn't think much of this Krav storyline, actually. Um, I just didn't think it went anywhere. He never seemed that threatening. I mean, he's being arrested. He's arresting them. Like, it just seemed really low-stakes storytelling. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of arresting and trials. You're not even into issue nine yet, and there's like a lot more of that to come, and right. a little bit more of this crab guy. But I guess it's interesting that he is the father of a legionnaire. I'm assuming he has the same powers. Yeah, you know, and it originally uh, Ultra Boy was unique to Rimbor because mm. he got eaten by a space whale or whatever. But here, I don't know. I guess I assume that they're all pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, and then we have basically Superboy and Robin talking. Yeah, and here's where they're talking about how all the heroes kind of pose up like Power Rangers. Yeah. Which uh, kind of buys into the whole thing of these guys are just trying to like... The 30th century heroes, the Legion of Superheroes, are trying to recapture what maybe they think Batman and Superman did. Yeah. You know, like yeah. from the comic books. Like in the myth, yeah, which is understandable. If it's been a thousand years and you only know them as myths, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway. you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, and then they go through into the future and almost straight away um, Robin just collapses. I, I didn't quite understand why, um, but he just couldn't cope. They mentioned something later about how he needs some kind of like bio adapter. Patch. I'm assuming since he's Kryptonian he doesn't need it. Right, but Robin needed a bio patch, they said. Yeah, like maybe the air is different than what we're used to. Okay. Um, yeah, and so he collapses. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, John Ken, to me, very boring character. Um, almost not even a character, you know? Just... In this, I don't feel like he really is, no. And that was one of the things, when he had a lot of the focus in those early issues, I was kind of just not as interested he was probably more interesting when he was 10 years old than they probably should have just kept him as 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I look, I just, I'm not a fan. I just think he's so generic and just yeah. so without any characterization at all that he's just almost just like, oh my God, why is he here? Um, anyway, and then we have Cosmic Boy really has trouble controlling his team and doesn't seem to have like a lot of faith in himself even. Yeah, which I don't love because, like I said, I'm a big Cosmic Boy fan. Yeah, um, yeah. I like him as the natural leader here. He's not. And we also see that he's in a relationship with Shadowlass. And she's normally with Monel, yeah? Yeah, which you maybe get the hint that Monel's a little jealous about that. Yes. But it's interesting here that you're like, okay, we're not going to get the classic relationships, you know? Yeah, because it, it's like Cosmic Boy and Shadowlass, you two are a union. She's like, yes. And then Monel's like, "This is the first I am hearing of it." Um, yeah, who's that? Cool jealous. Who's that between them? In the in the blue with the yellow sort of circle on his chest. That's Colossal Boy. All oh, right. Okay. Cool. 
Um, okay. Um, and then yeah, there's there's some fighting scenes and um, the the father. yeah they're on Rimbor. I don't know if we mentioned that, but yeah, they're confronting Krav. Yeah, and he's he kind of fights them at first, but then the Legion quickly grows dominant. Um, and like Monel strikes him out and becomes technically the leader of the like the planet, I guess, because he punches. Which I'm him pretty out. sure never gets followed up on, which I yeah. thought was odd. Well, yeah. I mean, I would think that, like, a lot of this Legion stuff, if you've got subplots, you'd have to keep a kind of, like, diary or flowchart, you know, to yeah. insert it into the story at some point because there's so many of them. Um, but they beat him so Yeah, the thing is, though, like, if it's a joke, that's fine, but it doesn't seem like it's a joke here, and then this story continues on without that ever being, like, addressed. I don't know. Just yeah. odd. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this of this little storyline with this general. We then go to Planet Gotham, um, where they speak to the commissioner, December 7, Bergen. Um, and, yeah, I, I see, yeah, okay, Lightning Lad, yeah, okay, I see what he's got. He's kind of got, like, a cut-down fro, basically, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Hey Arnold. Yes, yeah, I have. His friend there has that big yeah. uh, beehive or whatever yeah, on his head. yeah. Um, it's a, it, it actually looks better here than it did in the previous page. I think it's just a better front-on shot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, we have Modru. I preferred Modru as the sorcerer, as the magician, than as this kind of, like, version, but that's just my take. I do like what I think he yeah. is. They just haven't developed him enough. Yes. Uh, later on, we find out that White Witch in this version is actually his child. Really? Okay. So, yeah, so he must be a sorcerer. I don't know. Uh, remember, anyway, was it Neil who said, "I really like that character on Legion of Superheroes. She's 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 like a white witch." I'm like, "You mean white witch?" I <laughs> 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 um, no, like she's Saturn... a witch that's white. Yes, I like Saturn Girl's attempt to try to tease out the information here with Modric. Yeah, and he's not having it. No, he's not having it, and um, he kind of bites back. But it was a clever attempt, you know. Um. So yeah, and I guess you you know he he's able to push her off pretty easily, but you also see some kind of I guess tease where you see a bunch of the legionnaires floating in space. Yes, like you see cos. I never noticed this before, but this must be some kind of like premonition. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're so, they're sort of dead, and uh, you see Lightning Lad there. You see mm-hmm. Saturn Girl, um, Cosmic Boy, who's not yeah. you know with them. So yeah, you see. Uh, Ultra Boy, yeah. Yep, Phantom Girl. Yeah. Chameleon Boy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of hard to see. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good image. Um, so yeah, so the psyche interrogation didn't work. Um, I'm just trying to have a look here. How did they actually get the information out of him? Oh, then he's like, "No, I arrest you." That was so stupid. Um, when I got confused here with where people were, you know, like, were they talking on a link or were they actually all present? I, I sort of got confused. Uh, so there was two different teams that went off. There was Cosmic Boy's team and then Lightning Lad's team were two different teams. And then Don Star and Superboy and Robin were back in the Legion headquarters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, well, anyway, he... But it seemed like he was there because then Saturn Girl was doing her telepath stuff on him, and he was there. Whereas who, are you, who are you talking about? The Shav, the Mordru? Shav guy, who's, right. who's smacking oh. down um, Superboy and going, no, I arrest you. 
And then, huh. oh, I guess they got there really quick. They I don't got, know how they they got, got there, quick. but there wasn't. It was sort of missing a page, like sequentially. I felt. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I guess you can see on that first panel of them when they're there with Crav is them being like blurry, which yeah. I guess I take that to mean that they're landing. I don't know. I see. Okay. Well. Anyway, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I didn't think about that or notice that. It just it just frustrated me. But then they, they, you know, they smack him down again. Then there's the whole thing about Damien Wayne. Um, and she basically does, like, amnesia on Damien Wayne. And there's a whole speculation about, like, what he became and where he is in the timeline and all this other stuff. Yeah, uh, I think at one point they call him Baby Hitler. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting, but it's like... Uh, are you going to get to this, Bendis? Is this something that you're going to do? Yeah. Like, you know, he makes a big deal out of it, but it's like, I don't see this becoming a plot point going forward in a Legion book. No, definitely um, not. It's, it's just yeah. more kind of like, it's just it's just to sort of further throw the question marks around Damian Wayne, really, you know? Sure. But it's like, why are you putting so much time into this if it's not something that you're going to follow up on? Totally agree. It, it felt like yeah. such a pointless cameo then. What was the point of this other than to sort of tease Super Sun fans that Damian Wayne would be in this book, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a fun diversion, but like three issues in, I don't think we're looking for fun diversions, you know? you no. We don't hardly know anything about these characters that, you know, maybe do this in arc two or in between arcs. Totally agree, totally agree. Yeah, no, Still got... in with the issue, but yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't. I personally wasn't a fan of it. I thought. It, I thought. See, it was, this yeah, this yeah. kind of drug me out of that haze where I was like, really struggling. But yeah, I, I can understand also not liking it. Yeah. Um. And then there's the whole thing about it. Finally, he's going to go and watch the presentation, Superboy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think. Oh well, he's doing that with Computo who, as you should probably know from what we've read, is mm. a classic Legion villain who then gets kind of redeemed into, like, the Legion's AI. Yeah. And then there's also was a Legionnaire that was named Computo. Uh -huh. And it's kind of ambiguous here whether or not she's a member of the team or not. But She's kind of uh, like the sort of, um, yeah, but she is like the AI system. Um, exactly. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that that, that was a villain. Um uh, so you remember we read the Great Darkness Saga? There was an annual in there, and the headquarters comes to life and tries to kill them. I do. Yeah, now that you say that, I do remember that, yeah. That was Computo, and the girl that he possessed actually maintained some computer powers, and she became a legionnaire later along. Okay. So, um, yeah. Then we come to issue four, probably my favorite of the six, which is the origin of all the different um, segments. Like basically, it's Superboy going into Computo, and then he's going into each of the individual uh, origins of the founding members and have how they sort of formed. Yeah, so even though, you know, you kept giving him a hard time about the orientation issue, you ended up liking it, so that's good. No, I love the orientation. I, I hated the fact it was delayed. Um, yeah, I hear you. I, I, I really hate that Bender style where he's like, oh, there's so much hijinks going on, but we'll keep mentioning this and sort of teasing the reader with it. Like, I just, I just find Bender's very hammy but the, yeah. the the actual issue i really i love this issue it's my favorite of, oh, the, good. of, of the six um yeah so we get some other artists here too we've had other artists in the past and we didn't mention them so apologies for that i think it was travis moore was one of them right 
here, uh, this is uh, what's this guy's name? Mikel Yanin, mm-hmm. who did some of the, like the Tom King Batman stuff and Grayson. Right. Uh, yeah. So he's uh, there's a Saturn Girl scene, and she, you know she's in her mindscape or whatever, mm-hmm. and you kind of get the idea that she's not really liking where she is on Titan. Yes. She doesn't like yeah. the collective. Yeah, and then she gets invited to an offer from the United Planets. Yes. And then she's like, I'll be back for holidays. They're like, no, you won't. So, you know, she's she's kind of like a, yeah, she's she's sort of like a bit of a, um, you know, not outcast, but misfit, you know, in, in her way. Yeah, exactly. You kind of feel bad for her. And then you get the two... But see here, you, you get Lightning Lad and his sister. She's got electric powers. She shows them. Yeah, that's the thing. So you, you mentioned how Brainiac 5 mentions how the Legion changes with, uh, you know, whatever happens in the 20th century. And there's some speculation. I listened to the Legion of Substitute podcasters. They're a really great, great mm-hmm. Legion podcast. And they kind of speculate that maybe there's some kind of story about how things are kind of changing within these issues that don't really line up. That's due to the fact that, yeah, there's, like, continuity stuff going on. I just hope that, like, DC would be clever enough to do that, or are they just dropping the ball, you know? That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's a cool cool idea, and I like the idea, but I just also wonder if some of it's just the artists and not being in full alignment and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I've found some evidence against that being the case because uh, in the initial issue, they tease an invisible kid, and they explicitly state that it's the first invisible kid whose name's Lyle. Mm -hmm. And then later in this, what we're reading, there's an invisible kid who's named Jock. Um, And you're like, oh, well, maybe they're both on the team, or oh, maybe, you know, continuity is shifting, and they phase in and out on which invisible kid they're using. Well... In the trade edition of the story, mm-hmm. they take where it says Lyle and they erase it. You know, they edited it and made it Jock. Jesus. So in the trade, the one invisible kid never appeared. So it seems like it's just a an issue with editorial. I hate that retroactive editing of trades. Exactly, it kind of so frustrated me because a lot of us fans were excited, like, "Oh, there's some kind of weird stuff going on with these invisible kids." And it's like, "Oh no, it's just editorial stuff." Yeah, but it's amateur hour basically to me, you know. Yeah, I mean it's a whole character, you know. That it's like, you know, they're two different people, so. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe maybe it was accidentally uh, fixed for the trade, and it didn't actually need to be. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, we see the lightning twins, and she seems like she's kind of like a social justice, or yeah. maybe not even social justice, but she's standing up for the little guy. Yeah, I like it though. It's it's cool. Like she's really, you know, she's really angry, and he's more kind of dragged into it. And then when the exactly offer, when the you offer kind of get the idea that she's the hero, not him. Yeah, and when the offer comes, she's like, "Damn, the United Plants, no way!" And he's like, "Uh, do you have to take two of us? Can one be okay?" You know, like. Um, yeah, he's into it. I think it's cool. I think it's a it's a it's a nice sort of um, um, contrast, and you also see the family. Yeah, he's got a bunch of sets of twins as siblings, yeah. and you see that his one—he has two moms, and one of them seems to be like a hologram. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that was very. Interesting. So I guess that adds to the whole thing of like, what's the deal with them? What are their powers? Um, 
we're in the future. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. there was a bit of that as well. Like, we're in the future where it's all crazy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, which I like. I Actually, I really liked um, that origin of, of these two, basically, and of him. Um, yeah, exactly. I just hope we, they sort out what's going on with their powers. I don't... Yeah. Um, yeah. See what's going on. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Then we come to... I felt the least successful one was Cosmic Boy. What did you think of Cosmic Boy being this champion character? Um, <laughs> well, like I say, I love Cosmic Boy, and I thought it was kind of cool because... Uh, I don't know if you realize, but on his planet Brawl, there are wild creatures made of metal mm. that roam the Earth, and so they develop... Uh, I don't know if we already talked about that, but yeah, basically they develop magnetic powers, and he's one of the best of the best. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, it's cool that he's one of the best of the best. I just didn't think too much of that actual scene. Um, who's the, Is it the father, the sort of chunky guy there with him? Yeah, I think so. He calls him Father One. Um, and then he goes um, into the... He just seems to me, like in this version, the blankest of them, you know? I don't think... That's he's, fair. I mean, he's the one that I think you would care the least about because he's, you know, he's already used to being successful and loved and he's going into this like, you know, I'm a hot shot. Yeah. Whereas you see that Emra, Saturn girl, is kind of ostracized and you see that Lightning Lad is maybe used to being second best. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I. but it, it, it's a cool um, meeting between the three of them. Um, it's kind of slightly more downbeat than I expected. But but then, thankfully, we got the attack, um, which did actually start off the whole relationship and the, the Legion of Superheroes. So we actually see it here, which I liked, you know? Yeah, it was cool, even though it's kind of backwards because normally they come together to save him. Here, they're brought together and save her, you know, it was kind of a neat twist. Yeah, I thought so. I, look, I thought it was clever. I, I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. She's she's kind of selected them so they're already the best of the best. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've never thought their origin was ever, like, that particularly interesting. No. You know? Yeah. It, 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 it just, but I did want to see it. You know what I mean? I did want to For see sure. it. I wanted to see the inciting incident, and we did see it. So in that respect, I was happy. Um, but unfortunately, in the present story, um, they're basically locked down to quarters, headquarters. By the yeah, and I forget why. I think it's because of their attack on the Krav. It's that and the Superboy thing and, you know, yeah. it's a combination of stuff. Um, yeah, and I mean, that's that issue. I've got to say, going into issue five, I found the science police dialogue with Brainiac 5 appallingly ham-fisted by Bendis, you know? Um, thanks, Bendis, for giving us your take on policemen. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I've got to be honest, I really found it. It, it, I, it Almost talking down to the reader, so condescending, so sort of phony. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just think it's trying to be so politically conscious in, in this 2020, you know what I mean? Like, our police are really the bad guys, and... But if we could just reason with them, you know, and it's just like, oh, give me a break, you know. I, I guess I could see it that way. I, I didn't do. really take it that way when I read it, yeah. but, yeah, I can't argue um, with your well, take on it. When I read it, look, when I, I, I get it, he's trying to light approach, but I just find it just so, I don't know, just so insincere, I guess, and and I just took it more as highlighting the way that 
Brainiac 5 can attack things with, you know, yeah. his mind. And... Well, the Brainiac 5 part, I like that he did that. I think it's just, it's just, I just, sometimes I find Bendis just, I roll my eyes when I read, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And and this was definitely one of those scenarios. But do you want to take us through the issue? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so basically that, you know, he talks his way out of that altercation with the police. Um, uh, there's talk about... I've got a question. Who's the who's the um, legionnaire who kind of looks like Frankenstein? Oh, yeah. Is that back a few pages then? Right oh, the yeah, so that's Monster Boy. Uh, okay. And I think he's kind of cool. He's got a kind of cool design, but yeah. he doesn't actually look like Frankenstein. He kind of changes at one point different it looks like monsters. mars attacks you know, mars attacks monsters later on yeah, yeah exactly uh which is pretty cool visual and it doesn't seem like he can really control his pro- his powers yeah it's more like emotionally driven or stress driven yeah i think it's great i think it's a, it's a cool power yeah. he's probably my favorite of the new additions you know he just came around for this oh so he's, not, he's, not a, he's not a classic he's a he's a new one nope yeah he's new as of last year Okay, I, I, I actually liked him. I thought he was cool. I loved that he went when he did the Mars Attacks. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. I couldn't... I think one time he does like a Xenomorph, which is cool. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, so uh, basically we know that the... I think the... Uh, pff, what's it called? Trident mm. has gone missing, and Brainiac 5's talking about trying to pick up its trail. Mm. Uh, Shadow Lass tries to blame the invisible guy. Yeah, uh, and he gets... <laughs> which... <laughs> Yeah, he gets a little pissed off because he's actually standing right there. Um, and he's like, uh, it's invisible. What does he call himself? Invisible, not invisible man. Yeah, yeah the invisible gentleman. That's it, yeah. Not kid, no kid. What even is a kid? Yeah. Which is annoying. another kind of annoying thing to me because in issue nine, he has his next line. He doesn't show up again until issue nine. And he inter- introduces himself as invisible kid. And That's it's like, annoying. That's very What's happening between now and then? Yeah, that sucks, Bendis. You know, um, that's a fail, Bendis. You know. Yeah, I kind of think so, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, we don't really. I don't really feel like we get to see much of his design either. We know that he has a mohawk. We know that he's black, but his costume seems to be also black and white. But we don't really get a good look at it. No. Um, but yeah, it was good to see Invisible Kid back because he's one of like the classic characters that. You know, there's always an invisible kid, uh, even when the first one died. Um, so I forget he sends out a bunch of legionnaires. Uh, Chameleon Boy is revealed to be the son of the president. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's something that carries through here. Uh, he hasn't told the team, but Brainiac Five was able to kind of figure it out. Yeah, um, um, and then. And then... Then I was confused. Um, we got a image of the Legion. Oh, I get it. That's Superboy looking through her perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because we get uh, an image of the Legion defending her from the Horas, whatever they're called. And, yeah, exactly. And he says he get, wants to see things from her perspective yes. or her memories. And then we get her um, discussing the Legion, sort of in the... It's almost like a prequels version of the Senate, isn't it? And Star Wars. Um, yeah, exactly. And she's doing all that. We see the images of the uh, Justice League back in the day. Um, yeah, Howard Porter. Yeah, I know. It's cool. It's from Morrison's JLA. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get... 
uh, Saturn Girl, I think, tellingly saying that really she only cares about herself, the, the politicians only care, cares about herself, and they need to be aware of that. Um, yeah, exactly. She's worried about what can benefit her. Um, you know, she's always a bit apprehensive. And we see going forward, uh, we haven't got to the stories yet, but that um, the Legion is kind of at odds with the um, United Planets, and mm. they're kind of wary of her. Uh, we new. also see well, that I mean, I've, certainly, I've certainly read more mm-hmm. kind of, you know, more recent Legion stories inside the last 20 years where that's a factor, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you also um, then see them go to Brainiac, which was cool. Well, before that, we see that Block was one of the ones that helped yeah. uh, rescue her. Uh, so he gets invited right away to join the Legion. So I like when they're like, come sit. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Block's always a favorite of mine. Uh, yeah, this cool. redesign is a bit different than what I would normally want, but yeah. still cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it is what it is. It's that kind of art style that's very popular these days, and you just have to sort of go, okay, you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they go to Kolu, and they meet Brainiac 5, um, and he's kind of interested in joining right away, and he yeah. wants to skip the whole thing of getting to know each other, and he just wants to be fast friends. I liked that. I thought that was actually some of Bendis' better work, you know? Um, yeah, I think so. I just think it was cool. Like, Brainiac 5 can kind of project it to the future. He can talk about how we've already discussed it, how the 20th and 21st century heroes are directly impact on now, on you know, in terms of the Legion. Um, and he's like, I can see that this is going to work out really well. I can see we're going to be a really good team, so let's just jump to that. And I was kind of like, well, that's cool. You know, at least Bendis, for once, is good for something. Um, in his desperate exactly. attempt... In Bendis' desperate attempt to sometimes... Uh, avoid really good payoff scenes, it sometimes works, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, he's got his... Oh, I will say this, though. Bendis, he's got his weaknesses, and they're evident on this book, even when I feel that this is one of his better books, you know? And I really do feel that a better writer could do a lot more with these heroes. Now, when you say one of his better books, do you mean better books overall or better books no, of now. late? No, now. <laughs> I don't, certainly don't think it's one of his better all-time books. Um, I think Bendis has fallen so far and it's been 10 years you know it's been a long time that he really is a shadow of when he was at his best um and i think his decline has been long and extended and painful this is one of the better books he's doing now for sure Um, yeah for sure that and that i've read and when i say now i'd say in the last five six years that i've read of bendis he's trying but i do think a better writer um could do a lot more you know, a more focused writer as well. I think Bender spreads himself way too thin, you know? Yeah, I'm kind of happy that he's not doing Superman or Young Justice anymore. I think Legion is the only thing he's really announced for. Right. I'm sure that'll change real soon, but, um, yeah. Do you think he'll wind he's up on Batman? He's got a little extra focus. I've got to hope he doesn't wind up on Batman. Please. <laughs> Please. Fucking take Justice League. I'm not reading it anyway, you know? And do yeah. crappy Bendis on that, but just leave Batman to actually... It'll be one of those two for sure. But, yeah. you know, I, with Batman, you almost think they're always going to have a, another option. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they'll always have but a I don't know. comics. Bendis yeah. likes having both books. You know, he had two X-Men books, two Superman books. Oh, fuck Bendis. There's, there's me on Signal. Like, Bendis can... <laughs> when it comes to Batman, Bendis can have... 
I want him to have no books, but if he gets one, it's one. He doesn't get Detective and he doesn't get Batman together at the same time, you know? I mean, if he does it, maybe it'll be like his Daredevil, which would be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that was a long time ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we see that Brainiac, it was Brainiac's idea to go back and get Superboy. He says, he's the one to teach us everything we need to know to inspire a proper new age of heroes. We need to have him experience this future and all we have built, and we need to prepare him for his coming role as the one true Superman. He needs our perspective, and we need his. Yeah. I really hope I don't live long enough that John Kent becomes the one true Superman, replacing Ooh, John Kent. You only have to wait till January. No, but that's a two-month bullshit. You yeah, know. I know. yeah. But I'm talking about, like, mainline year after year, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, same. Uh, I don't know. I, it would be a long time coming. Did you Have you listened to the second half of the single episode I did with Connor and Richard? Yeah, I'm working on it right how, now. How funny is the start where through. I do the, the, the thing from Superman? I edited it in. Did you like it? it I was surprised. It kind of just went on. <laughs> it was pretty good, though, wasn't it? I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was cool. Yeah, I, 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 ran, I found the whole thing on YouTube and put it in. I was like, fuck it, why not? It's such a cool speech. Yeah, I enjoyed the throwback, you know. You will live among them, but you are not one of them. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that in a while, so it was cool to Yeah, I thought it was, it. it was a surprise I put in. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, there we go. So we're finally at the issue six. Um I've forgotten what happened in issue six. We we the wrap up is just so fucking lame. Like we, you know, six issues, Bendis, and yeah, God. Six. Well, here's your Mars Attacks panel, which you like. Though I do like that panel. I think that was cool. Um, who is the Legionnaire talking to Monster Boy? She's all in white. Is that White Witch? Oh, you mean the witch that's white? Yeah. Yeah, she, that's White Witch. Okay. Because of your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's uh, revealed to be Modru's daughter. Yeah, it's not till issue nine that they reveal that, but yeah. And in the issue we did of Legion of Three Worlds, she's the one who basically absorbs Modru, isn't she? And she becomes the Black yeah. Witch. Yeah. She, yeah, Modru was kind of obsessed with her and made him made her one of his brides. Yes, right. Yeah, you Different are right. It's kind of a reboot. mixture of a Xenomorph and Mars Attacks, and then in the next panel it just goes Mars Attacks. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of a different issue where he's, okay. he does the Xenomorph. It Maybe it's cool. issue 7. It is, it is cool. I, I like it a lot. Um, One thing that I really liked was uh, Rose says, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh Lad is waiting for you on the West Lawn. Yes. And so we were really excited to see Pharaoh Lad show up, but... The thing is, with all the redesigns, there were still some redesigns that we didn't know who they were. Mm. So there's like a green skeleton person, mm. and so we didn't know, is that Pharaoh Lad? But it turns out that that's X-Ray Girl. But we really haven't even gotten that confirmed in a comic book yet. That's Element Lad as well, who's got the big E on him, isn't it? Yeah. Where's the, green skeleton? Weird... Where's the green skeleton? Uh, if you look above Rose's head off in the distance... Right, yeah. We've seen her closer up before, but... With the cape? Yeah, the green girl. cape? The green cape, yeah. Okay, X-Ray Girl. And what's her power? Yeah. She can X-Ray We don't know, because she's been in the book, but they've never said her name, they've never said her powers. Okay, alright. Rose just yeah. seems completely useless to me. Yeah, I don't really know, like, you know, because there's the whole Rose and Thorn thing, but she doesn't seem to be using her Thorn personality... Uh, I just don't really see the point. You know, it's been six issues now, and we don't 
know anything more about her. Well, it's six issues, and as so often happens with Bendis, it's, it's just pointless fighting with this Horace thing. It just he just drags it out. Like honestly, like it's not very interesting. I mean, it seems like we've had four encounters with them over yeah. the six issues. So they I don't keep know. coming back, and it's just the same shit, different day. Um, yeah, yeah. But I did like that Gold Lantern came up. I I liked that. I think Gold Lantern looks cool. Um, yeah, Gold Lantern has ability to like uh, transport and stuff. But what was annoying is uh, he says Gold Lantern. He has such an amazing story. Wait till you hear it. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the orientation thing. It's like, you need to go to the orientation. Oh, are we going to get a, a spotlight on Gold Lantern it's in the like, coming he issue? He has such an amazing story. Wait for Legion Superheroes 12. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it I, makes I, me kind of roll my eyes. Yeah. Thanks, Bendis. Um, typical Bendis, though. It, it, he's a cut and paste. He's what I call a cut and paste writer. Um, yeah. yeah, look, and partly that is due to his output. He, he, he does so many books and he's not very good at natural storytelling. And which, funnily enough, he'll have some supporters who, who used to talk about his dialogue. I think his dialogue is one of his worst assets now. I do uh, too. I absolutely do. Yeah. And, um, one thing he's good at is at least he's, he's left plenty of room for the artist to breathe because the art is uniformly excellent in these panels here. Of, of yeah. fighting and stuff like um we don't see a lot of um what's her name phantom girl um we don't see a lot of her using her powers you don't really see you saw one panel earlier but you have to look close where it seems like she doesn't just like uh phase through stuff but she also can like open little you know like the spot from spider-man mm -hmm. yeah like that where she can open like a portal and reach through it but that's cool. i don't know well, that's cool. Yeah, we haven't really seen much of her at all, actually. You see she has one a panel of her getting and... kind of blown up on page tw twelve. Is that her with the S kind of on a? Is that is that sh what's it? That's that... Shadowlass. Oh, she's different from Phantom Girl, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. I get them confused. Um, right, yeah, that's Shadowlass true. getting kind of blown up. Um, then we yeah, it's just a fight scene. Like there's a cool there's a cool um, panel of Saturn Girl kind of posing. Um, yeah, it's the three of them. If you look on the left, there's Cosmic Boy. Right is Lightning Land. It's kind of supposed to highlight how these founders are kind of yeah. competent. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Um, yeah. But look over there at uh, in the Lightning Lad section, and you see Lightning Lass. Yes. Yes. She's and not she... using lightning powers. No, and she's dressed differently. Yeah. So people think that there's like maybe two different sisters that are on the team, and yeah. we just don't know. Or again, the continuity stuff. Well, it's one of the two, isn't it? Odd. It's one of the two. It's either Bendis being really clever, which I don't think he is, um, or it's just there's another lightning power yeah. character. Or Bendis being lazy, one of the three. Yeah. Please don't be just lazy. Come on. I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that it's not, but... I don't, I don't know, think just... DC are kind of ambitious enough now for, to be actually adjusting the story mm. in back panels anymore. I used to think yeah. that was the kind of stuff they would do. But now they just seem to be a bit more obvious. Yeah. Um, they treat their readers like idiots now. Um, yeah, <laughs> they do. You know what I mean? Like, they're not subtle enough anymore. Um, yeah. Could be wrong, but we'll, we'll find out. And Legion Hour Post will stay on the story. Um, yeah, and then we get uh, the United Planets Great Hall. God, this guy's still raving on. To well, uh, we see that. I, I don't know if I'm behind you or ahead of you, but we see that Monel grabs the trident yeah, the and trident, then the yeah. water explodes. I'm so confused by this water, but basically it just fills up the globe. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, great work, Bendis. Um, I, I, just, <laughs> I just think it's so fucking lame. I, I can't even put into words like how lame I think that is. But I prefer. I don't mind it, but I yeah. also like. Okay, you set up this arc that the Earth is broken into portions, and I guess I think that's more having oceans back will be nice. I guess. But I, I think the Earth being split into portions is actually more interesting. Like Earth's almost on oh, life I support. Too. You know? Yeah, I like that as a status quo. Um, but I yeah, I mean, the fucking oceans are back. Whoopie do. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just I just think it's just classic Bendis. Um, we have this... It's vote. hard to see, I guess, what the significance of that is. Like, yes. yeah, the Earth is back to how it was before, but it seemed like, you know, they were doing all right without it. Yeah, uh, exactly. It wasn't like the... It wasn't like dystopia, you know? Yeah. And they weren't like these ships that were, like, decaying. You know what I mean? Like, the, the technology wasn't decaying around them. They were living in kind of a utopia, and it was just the memory of Earth, and, like, Earth on kind of life support. It was kind of cooler to me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it too. But then we got a big panel of, you know, they're all so happy, and the artist gets to draw the Earth. And Yeah, and, you know, you see that one on the left that looks like fire? Yes. I thought that could have been wildfire, like, when they first teased them. But, yeah, I think it's Sunboy. But we never really got confirmation on that Sunboy in the book. doesn't do a lot here, does he? No. A lot of them don't really. Like, Phantom Girl didn't. Sunboy didn't. Uh, you know, many others. Yeah. Princess i tell you Projector. what, I hope Jeff Lemire doesn't get on the book because I can't stand Jeff Lemire's writing most of the time. You know? He does do a page of art in and issue eight. Oh, great. Well, I, I think Jeff... I'll go on record right now. I think Jeff Lemire is one of the most overrated creators working right now. I, I, I can't understand the hype. I, I've um, read stuff from him where I'm like, this just seems so average. I don't really get quite the hype. Uh, I've read a few things like his Animal Man is really, really good. Okay. Uh, Green Arrow is pretty good, but like his creator-owned stuff and like Black Hammer I've checked out, and yeah. I've never... It's not for me, and uh, yeah. You don't like there's stuff either. that people will read, and they'll be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. It's Jeff Lemire, and then I'll read it, and I'll be like, Really? Yeah, this is this was his A game, seriously. Um, yeah, and plus he's too depressing for me. You know, like all that independent stuff where it's just all morose and just Crimea River kind of style stuff, and I'm just like, no thanks. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you. Anyway, so that's just a personal take though. And if DC are listening, don't put Jeff Lemire on the title. Maybe put Adam. In the computer. I don't think they will. He's had his shot. Maybe they'll put you on the title, Adam. Would you like that? Oh. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. <laughs> You'd go in there, Jim Shooter style? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Send in the kid. Send in the kid, yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. We need some fresh heat on this. We, we've had Bendis pumping out his Bendis shit for you know, X many <laughs> issues um, with his flowchart approach to storytelling. Um, yeah, anyway, and so surprise, surprise, it's a happy ending. The Earth's oceans are back. The Trident's in a case. They're all cheering, which I do like. And um, and that general is just really grumpy and declares the future is war. Um, yeah, he's leaving the United Planets. Look, okay, I think we've covered it in a lot of detail. Look, I have a love-hate relationship with Bendis. I will say this is one of Bendis's better works and more tolerable works inside the last five to ten years. He is trying. Agreed. He, he is aided by a very good art team. The art is excellent. I'm going to give this... I'm stuck between a 6 and a 6.5. Um, I'll be generous 
and give it a 6.5, but I feel I'm being generous. Um, well, yeah. to help balance things out, because I was stuck between a 7 and a 6.5, okay. I'll go for 6.5. Yeah. Um, and that'll kind of balance this out. Um, yeah, I mean, going into this, I did enjoy it as I was reading it. I yeah. enjoyed it again, but, you know, I gave, uh, what did I give a 10? Legion Lost, I gave a 10. Why better? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to have an actual scale that actually means anything, we're going to have to go down and... Yeah, I think this is kind of middle-of-the-pack Legion stuff uh, overall, even though, like I said, I love the art. Um, But I think the next three issues maybe kind of make it better. Oh, good. Uh, Well, that's good. As long as it's heading in the right direction. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Like, 6.5 is okay. I just feel that he's not the right person for it. You know, um, I will say he is trying. He's trying a lot more than he normally does, you know? Yeah, and I me giving it eight point or six point five. I don't hate it either. I like most Legion stuff. Like most Legion stuff, I would rate above most other stuff. Mm-hmm. So me giving it a lower score doesn't mean that I didn't like it, and that I don't. It's still like my favorite. The book I look forward to reading to each month. Sure, and I mean, look, I mean, you've been, you and the Legionnaires out there have been starved of Legion kind of unfairly for years, considering some of the shit DC's pumped out in that time, you know? Um, for sure. Legion, to me, I, and I know, I'm, I know I'm a newbie, I'm a light reader, but to me they're a DC staple. I think they're part of what makes the DC universe so special. Um, I think there should always be a Legion book. And, I mean, I look at some of the crap they produce anyway. It's not like they're producing all this gold. Um, yeah, so... I'm glad it's back. Um, hopefully, Bendis will go after about 15 issues and hand it to someone who's, you know, a bit more sort of coherent um, and can yeah. do more with six issues than Bendis has done in six issues because I don't think he did much. You know, there was, it yeah. was like a lot of sort of dilly Well, I mean, around. yeah, when we look back at it, uh, you know, we had a couple issues of Fish Out of Water, which mm-hmm. I told you offline that kind of annoys me, the Fish Out of Water stuff. Yeah. Uh, then we have an issue where he goes back and gets Damien that doesn't lead to anything really, and then we get two issues of their origin, which we I think we both agreed was I a highlight. Was excellent. I actually almost, you know what I would have done. I actually, I and I, I, I look, I I do believe that sometimes you can kind of pitch what would have been a better story because I don't think this was that well told. I would have started with the origin issues and brought Superboy in after that. You know what I mean? Um, I think that yeah. that's just more interesting. Whereas instead he brings Superboy in. Like he, it's it's kind of like we're going to dumb it down for the reader. We're going to treat the reader like an idiot and they're going to have to have a POV character in Superboy. But Superboy is so uninteresting in this version. Like he's so dull, you know? Yeah, um, I'm not in love with him. Oh, well, well there, here's there, a, a crazy no idea. There. There's no character. Well, you said... Yeah. Oh, no, 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 not really. I mean, it's mostly just... I guess what people complain about Superman, where they think Superman is boring, and I don't think Superman is boring, no, no. but I think that this is kind of a bit boring, where it's just, oh, he's just a really good guy. He's just a fresh-faced young kid who's just the best kid of all time. You know, that's it. The end. But, yeah, I was going to say a crazy idea, what you said your problem with having this origin. I mean, the origin takes up two issues. Yes. You had a book called Legion of Superheroes Millennium, yes. where the Legion got maybe two pages of it. Yeah, ridiculous. Maybe you could have done a little bit of that over there. Definitely. 
hundred percent. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Because it's just, I think that's your problem is we have a two issue diversion in issue four and five, and then we come back with six and we wrap up the story mm. in a really confusing way where it kind of felt like you were missing some pages maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't wrapped up. Well, I mean, business doesn't excel at endings or paying stuff off. That's not business's sort of strength really. Um, yeah. it, it never has been either, like, and it never will be. I mean, he, he's got some glaring weaknesses as a writer, and he gets away with it, you know? <laughs> and he always will. It just seems like Bendis... I, I, look, I'm stunned that Bendis still has a hardcore fan base out there at all. I, I would think most readers who've been around for a long time, he, he his flaws are obvious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I have always been kind of more optimistic on him than you have uh, since he's like, come to DC. And I was reading Young Justice, both Superman books, and Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. And Young Justice, like, I just stopped reading because it just never went anywhere. Yeah. He would just do, you know, it was like it was constantly in its first act and just adding to the first act. Yeah. And then the book got canceled at issue 20 and nothing really happened. Same with Superman. He's been on the book for... I think he's had 30 issues of each book, and then he had a Man of Steel miniseries, and Jesus. it feels like it's all been maybe one or two arcs. Yeah, like, but that, that's the problem, though. We're reading, you and I doing Legion and me just reading a bit of Superman, we're reading a lot of older comics. And I can see there, yeah. there's, there's problems with them, but my God, the economy of storytelling was so much better, you know? Yeah, and, and Bendis stories is, that end. Bendis made some comments, I heard him on Word Balloon once, where he's like, the problem is with these old creators... You have a conversation with them, and it's very clear they haven't read a comic in 20 years uh, from, the, from the line. And I'm like, that's not a problem, Bendis, if they want to tell their story. You know, like, this. it's not like Bendis is, is so fucking, you know, perfect with continuity. He makes it up as he goes, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, I think that was yeah. the benefit of this Legion is that he didn't have to... Yeah, like, uh, I don't know, I just... I mean, I he just definitely fu- pays homage, but... Yeah, I, I just find it a bit rich that Bendis was taking a pot shot at older creators who might have worked in Bronze Age and stuff like that. When I'm like, what he's dishing out, it's so generic. Like, this is better than most Bendis that he does normally. And you can't help but enjoy the Legion. The Legion is a fun group, they're a fun book. It's hard not to like the Legion, you know what I mean? Like, and you put enough bits of it on paper, it will sing and it's got good art. So the. There's stuff to like here, but when I compare it to the Superboy and Legion stuff that I'm reading and we're going to do, I mean, I take that stuff any day of the week, you know? Um, yeah, when I, put this against, I mean... when I put this against Great Darkness Saga, uh, Final Crisis, The Legion of Three Worlds, Superman and the Legion, the Jeff John stuff, that's so much better, you know? Well, to be fair, though, those are some of the best stuff out there. <laughs> Yeah, but still, but I'm still reading a lot of that Bronze Age Superboy and Legion, and that's not always, yeah. you know, the, the fucking best of the best, but it's just better than this. Well, still, yeah, I actually meant to you tell know. you, I'm glad we did this, um, if only for the fact to kind of slow things down, because we yeah. were just kind of hitting home runs, you know, with yeah. our picks, that, yeah. you know, it's good to do maybe some of the stuff that yeah, yeah. we will still enjoy, but isn't as good. Yeah, definitely, and next Legion Outpost, we will cover... Um, we will we will go back. We'll we'll put it on the Facebook page exactly what issues we're covering. But it's going to be around Superboy and the Legion one ninety five to two hundred. Is that right, Adam? Yeah, it might make sense to bookend it with uh, 
I think 201, because yep. that's when okay. Wildfire returns. All right, cool. We'll do that, and we'll also do all the Bendis issues from 7 to whatever issue is up. we're up to when we do the show. Probably 10. 10. Okay, so that'll be perfect. Um, look, I do want to thank all the listeners um, for your patience. I know that I, I, I do feel very conscious of the fact that I'm not a Legion aficionado, but I think I'm trying, don't you think, Adam? I'm, like, I'm picking up a lot of names and stuff. Um, For sure, man. It's been fun seeing you grow and learn about the Legion. Yeah, and I love them. I think they're a lot of fun. I I genuinely enjoy them. I think they're cool. Um, Now, we do have, obviously, the Signal of Doom regular show. Please give that a listen. Um, If you can give us a, um, like, rating on iTunes, that really helps the show. We've got a Patreon if you're interested. For as little as $1 a month for Signal of Doom, you can get extra shows and stuff that I do with a friend of mine, Dion. We do a regular cinema review show and other stuff. So that's patreon.com slash signal of doom. Um, it all goes towards basically hosting fees for the show and equipment for the show, all, all show-related expenses. It's not just funding my drug habit, Adam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a pretty insignificant drug habit if it did, you know. <laughs> By the st- it wouldn't be, remember, what was the guy's name? Philip Seymour Hoffman, remember him? Um, he, yeah. was, he was doing 20K per week, someone was like, he did 20K a month in, in drugs. And I said, I think he had it. You know, I think he had them at cash, you know, to... to yeah, to, you're, to not a, you're not a Philip Seymour Hoffman level. No, definitely not. Um, but anyway, look, I do want to thank all the listeners. Adam, thank you so much for coming on again. It's been a pleasure. We will do this again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No problems at all. Good night, guys. Mm-hmm.